Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode number 16. This is kind of our recently most anticipated and most requested topic for an episode. Um, We're kind of dubbing it the decline of man. Um, It's funny because recently there's been other podcasts that have done this. Within the last couple weeks, um, so I guess it's just kind of a thing that's out there in the ether that a lot of people are wanting to talk about. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna start with kind of addressing the number one reason that we've kind of come to, and I say we, everybody in you know Carolina uh, tactics group. So me, Bobby, Kyle, um, John, who is here again tonight. Um, even some people at work, like I've been, uh, I mean, we've got a lot of people that have asked about this and have put in some, some input in it. Um, single mothers, single fathers, like every dynamic, black, white, whatever you want to think of. And the number one thing we have determined, um, is a lack of a father or father figure in the home. So to begin to begin with that, we have fatherhood.org up, um, and that is the National Fatherhood Initiative, and kind of throw out some some stats for y'all to kind of set the tone. All right, so there is proof in uh, father absence uh, harms children. There is a father absence crisis in America, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, Uh, 18.3 million children, or one in four, live without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. Consequently, there is a father factor in nearly all social ills facing America today. Um, And the source for that, like it says in there, is the U.S. Census Bureau for 2020. Um, Some more stats moving down their page. Um, four times greater risk of poverty, seven times more likely to become a pregnant or become pregnant as a teen, Um, behavioral problems, more likely to have them, Um, more likely to face abuse and neglect. Um, uh, Mom to child health, there's two times the greater risk of infant mortality. There's higher risk of substance abuse. Um, higher uh, incarceration rate, two times more likely to suffer from obesity, two times more likely to drop out of high school, um, and more likely to commit a crime. Now, there's not you know numbers attached to all those, but that's kind of just the Cliff Notes version of that. Um, and this is a really great source if y'all want to look at that. It's fatherhood.org. Um, so, Bobby, John, you want to talk about either your experiences having your father around or not around, and then maybe what you've seen in the workplace to kind of back up um, some of those some of those stats I just threw out. Yeah, I mean. You know, I, I work in the fire department, so we run a we run into pretty much every household you can you can imagine, and um, it's even the diverse group that we have with us. We've got some guys, some of our younger guys, 
Um, you can tell I've grown up in a, an age of softer, kinder, cuddlier. And then just some of the homes you walk into that you see problems with or you see elderly family members with younger family members and you see these kids and these boys who don't give a shit. Grandma's laying on the ground and like and they get picked up. And it's not like grandma's a 300-pound person. Grandma's like 120 pounds and it's a full-grown adult male and you go, um, can't pick up your own you can't pick up your uh, your own oh yeah like kid. lift like lift yeah. assist and <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff like that, yeah like lift assist. so it's it's pretty funny and then we got some guys that work with us that are a little bit softer a little bit kinder you gotta gotta toughen them up a little bit you gotta make them realize like this is a blue collar job you're gonna get dirty you need a you need a man up a little bit you gotta you gotta boast that chest be proud of who you are it's just a very different dynamic and i'm not even an old guy i'm 34 and to see the difference in the kids that we have coming in, some of them are 19, 20 years old. It's a very different aspect of where I was at 19, 20. Yeah, I think that's an important part to kind of to point out that we're we're not old. We're kind of mid. I kind of describe myself as like mid millennial, um, and we're getting, especially in first response, um, and even say for some of the, um, you know, some of us that might be coaches or SROs that we see them um, even in middle school and high school, we're, we're getting into a different generation, like a different age group to where the millennial stereotype is going to start dying down um, because we're the ones working. <laughs> uh, we're the majority of first response now. Um, so we're seeing that kind of on a, on a daily basis. Well, it's more than, because I know that with people that I've worked with, that I you know currently work with that are that is my, that are my age still they lack a lot of skills that probably every single one of us here sitting at this table have they just lack basic life skills and I don't know whether that's from being raised with no father figure or what it is but I have literally have guys who are my age or only a few years younger. That like, dude, can't can't start a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Don't even know how to wash a car. Yeah, can barely tie their shoes. Like, can't string a weed eater. Yeah. Like, so, what would you to kind of be the devil's advocate on the side of the, of you know saying like, oh, it's just because you didn't have a father figure in the home. We see plenty of calls where the father is there, the father is present. Um but the child is still fucking wild. Um, I've kind of chalked it up for, and this is not a blanket. This is just kind of like an average of what I, of what I've seen um, is whatever the, whatever this next, whatever like post millennial generation is, uh, the parents are, giving their kids like everything like with no like they don't do chores they don't do whatever and then the it literally it was like the classic kind of spoiled brat like always got what they wanted that's kind of what i've been seeing like the kid you'll see the kid he's got brand new everything he's got brand new clothes he's got the you know the ps 27 or <laughs> the PlayStation 20s or whatever the fuck they're on now. Right, like, right, and a $26,000 pickup truck. Right, right, yeah. yeah. They all have 
awesome cars that we, you know, you got to scare them off from, you know, whatever the local hangout is. Usually in South Carolina, it's the Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, because yeah. I like the, I try to not judge people too harshly on that, but maybe you have people that work really hard their whole life, like growing up. I know it's kind of like, I'll say that, you know, my dad has worked and my mom has both worked super hard their whole life to try to give me everything they could. And I guess you get to a point where maybe these these parents have they come from that they didn't have anything growing up themselves and they've got to a point where they can give their kids everything they never had and I don't know if it's something that they they just kind of overanalyze or you know don't think about the consequences of it so since they can give their kids everything and that they never had that's they kind of overdo it yeah yeah I could see overdo it. I think it's a hard dynamic to, to put a finger on because I grew up in a split household with divorced parents. Um, you know, my dad grew up as a farmer up in Illinois. Um, he's always had a work ethic. I mean, when other kids were watching cartoons on Saturdays at like, you know, 12 years old, 8 years old, you know, I was his get up during him to come out and do yard work with me. I was, you know, picking weeds while he was running the weed eater. I was raking. I was doing stuff like that. I grew up working. My mom working, especially after my parents split, my mom was working. Like, hey, bro, you want a car? Cool, awesome. That's awesome. You need to get a job. Like, I, I can't buy you a car by myself. Yeah, I know all of us worked, like, as soon as we were legally allowed to work. And we were doing, you know, work within the household or family or family friends even before that. Yeah. But I knew right when I was of age to get a learner's permit, they were like, you're getting your learner's permit, you're getting a job, and then if, uh, like, my, my first job was working at IGA, um, like, I had to have, like, a letter from my boss because I was out after dark. That's the way the law, I think it still works that way now. I don't, I don't really pull over a lot of people with beginner's permits. Um, I don't pull over a lot of people to begin with, period. <laughs> it's just not my not my gig. But, I mean, I had, I wasn't allowed to be, you're not allowed, like, we weren't allowed to drive after dark, but if you had an excuse, like, from your management, yep, and you just had it in the car, if you had it in the car, just, you know, if you got pulled over, which it was, you know, it was a straight shot. Um, you know, at the at the Midlands IGA that I worked at. Yeah, I mean, even with like, as soon as I was of age to work, like I was working, always worked. Even before that, I was working. My grandpa owned a construction business, so I spent my summers just killing myself in ninety-five degree South Carolina heat. You know, toting five-gallon buckets full of fucking paint and wood and drywall and everything you can think of. I was toting lift man. Um, then my mom owned the business for a little bit. So that was around the time that I got my learner's permit. So, you know, you're supposed to have like an adult. Yeah. License ride with you. So like 21 or family. Yeah. So I would have an adult, I would drive like my grandmother's car with her in there, like to work, then get dropped off. And then my parents would take me home. Right. The second I got my driver's license, then I would drive to work every day. When your parent owns a business, you're going to work. I mean, you don't have a choice. Oh yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, You're working. Sure. <laughs> I mean, at least my mom paid me, so that was nice. But yeah. you, I was going to work no matter what. Right. Yeah, at 14, I, uh, we had family friends that owned a, a glass company in the in town where, we, where I grew up. And so at 14, I got a job under the table. I worked Monday through Friday in the summer. I worked 40 hours a week. At 14 years old, my mom would drop me <laughs> off on her way to work in the morning and pick me up in the afternoon. I worked 8 to 5, Monday through Friday at 14, cutting glass countertops windows sanding out the beds of trucks for rhino lining 
like legitimately people would walk in and be like that guy looks young back there and I'd be going back going back and like literally I worked 40 hours a week and at the end of that summer I had like five you yeah. know, five grand I think and I walked to a car dealership with my mom to look at cars yeah. and the guy's like oh what are you looking for my mom looks at me and points out oh, he's looking and the guy's like oh okay and I'm like I want that car right there how much is it and he was like five grand I was like okay here you go and I pulled out five grand cash out of my back pocket and he was like uh <laughs> That's some Pablo shit. Okay. My mom was like, all right, you got a car. So at 14, I had a car parked in the driveway, and she's like, you can drive it in a year. And then as the total dirtbag that I was when my mom went to work, she thought she hit the key. At 14, I would drive around my local town with my buddy. And how I didn't get arrested or kill us or get seriously injured, I have no clue. I don't recommend it. I was a total shithead. I I earned it. Everything I had. I had to to work to save up money to buy my first car from my grandfather. Hmm. You can have the car, but you're paying for it. Right. And I was like, well, I mean, that's cool. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll do that. At least it's guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, it was guaranteed. And he, I mean, not, and he kind of cut me the family deal. Um, <laughs> so there was that. But yeah, I still had to work to, you know, to pay the pay for the family car. That was. Yeah. So. So it's basically. If you had a dad and you were made to work. Is that kind of like the combination or determinant here? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, but do we, do we look at it as a dad, as just like a dad or just any father figure? Cause I know some people who had some really amazing father figures and still turned out to be shit bags. Yeah. Like complete garbage. Yeah. I think it's really hit or miss. I, I think. Well, and then somebody will bring up the like nature and nurture aspect of it too. And that's just another, that's just another dynamic where you're just like. I mean, I think it really depends on, I mean. I took sociology classes in college, which, by the way, are the easiest class if you're yes. in college and you take yeah. class. It's yes. pretty much all just state You can make it up. What you, thought. you can yeah. make it all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's a big part of the nature of everything they talk about. You look at kids that grow up in lower income areas or without father figures, but they grow up playing sports or having some type of authority or something like that, and they learn, um, you know, they learn what it is to do that stuff. The, to have discipline to put in the work and uh, it makes a difference so i think it's pretty cool that you can be from anywhere and change who you are or climb the ladder of in the social aspect of what you want to do but it's hard to i don't i think it's hard to pinpoint what does that you know as a father myself now with a boy i think about that sometimes i think you know i love my son he is that's my dude that's my bro he's a new, a new thing now every day at least 20 times a day he'll just be like dad you're my best friend. And you know, about an eighth time in like seven minutes, I'm like, yeah, bud, you're my best friend too. Yeah. Like, a little lower, but part of me is like. First time I kind of teared up. Now it's getting annoying. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I really hope at 15 when he comes home, you know, or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you're... what's up, dad? Like, that's my dude. Like, I'm still yeah. going to be able to hang with him. And you want to have that positive influence. Yeah. You want to make good men in this world. Yeah. Because that's something the world, like we're talking about, is seriously lacking these days is good men to uh, stand up and lead. Yeah, I mean, so there is two, I know some really good friends of mine that, if anybody knows where, especially where I grew up, well, you know, John grew up not far from me as well. Um, definitely where I grew up is a little bit shittier. Uh, but the, I, I know some guys, some really great dudes that, you know, came from nothing, some just absolutely nothing, didn't have much at all, and now, they're amazing dudes doing well in a great career. So it's kind of, I kind of hate to pinpoint it 
or use, should I say, I hate to hear people sometimes use an excuse of, you know, my dad wasn't around. So, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say, you know, that's for sure because my dad was around, but if I see other dudes who are doing great things and they didn't have a dad around, like where, I mean, where did they pull their fight from to, yeah. to do what they do now? Well... I think for, I think for anybody, this doesn't have to do, you know, this doesn't pertain just to men, but especially nowadays, you got to find, like, find your motivation, like, find your why, find what motivates you. You know, some people don't want to let down their parents. Some people don't want to let down the family name. Some people don't want to, you know, let down other family members some people want to grind at work and it's like i want to make a lot of money i can't get in trouble if i get in trouble i can't make money like just maybe it's just them finding whatever that motivation is nowadays it's it's weird because it's easy to find motivation but it's also really easy to lose it where you're just like well you know fuck i'm still gonna get fucked over at you know work because of you know, fill in the blank, affirmative action, the government, uh, you know, ex-wife is going to screw me over. I mean, everybody always wants a boogeyman. Yeah. And that boogeyman will take away your motivation, whatever it is. I think the big thing too is you, at some point you've got to have a little bit of a struggle. I think everybody benefits from, from struggle. Um, you know, I'm in a class right now and we're going over different scenarios. It's a, it's a FEMA class. And, uh, one of the instructors was talking one day and they said something. I was like, Oh, it's going to suck. Talking about a scenario. I was like, it's going to suck. And everyone's like, Oh, and I was like, I love it. And everyone just looks at me like struggle is good. Like struggle builds character in any part of your life. And people that complain about like, Oh, this, that yeah. job. Like I had a job where I used to literally wake up and like the first thing I wanted to do was crawl over and just scream. I was like, I hate my fucking job. I took a about $20,000 pay cut to leave to do what I do now. Until you live that lifestyle where you realize what you hate what you do, that like life's not that bad. Like You really just got to put your head down, push forward. Everything's going to have bad aspects, but if you put in the work in any part of your life, it's going to be beneficial. So how would we... How would we kind of push that on people? Because... I know, I mean, I've had different challenges where I'm just like, eh, this is, this is worth the sweat and blood. This isn't worth the sweat and blood. But I mean, I was pretty, I was thinking about this pretty recently. I can't remember exactly where I was or what I was doing. It had to do something with work. Um, and it was, it was law enforcement related and it was just like, like if it's going to be hot, I want it to be the hottest goddamn day ever or if somebody's complaining about it being cold i want it to be the coldest day like ever um if it's like whatever the challenge is like i just i've just always viewed it as like if this is gonna be like worth the blood and sweat this better be this better be fucking hard and you just appreciate it more on the back end because if you just fucking go through go through the motions and just you know one two three abc like what the fuck is that like nothing ever 
Nothing ever came of that. Does it build that character? No. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe even as a parent, it's not necessarily being there is important, but being there and letting your kids struggle. Like you want your kids to do great, but you know what? It's important for your kids to fail too. It's important for them to yeah. realize that it is not going to always work. It's not always going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And that if you fail, like pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and figure it out. Yeah. Like, get your shit knocked down, get your dick knocked in the dirt, and yeah. say, okay, that didn't work. What right. next? I think that probably comes down to people being bad, bad teachers, bad instructors, bad influence, whatever. Because I know even, so my kids turn, uh, my babies turn four in August. And even just in simple tasks, like if they're struggling with something, uh, especially when you're that, you got to, especially when you're a baby, basically, you have to have the gratification to like kind of move forward. Like it can't suck all the time. Yeah. You got to have, there's got to be like a little bit of reward, but not everything all at once. And uh, just little tasks, even with them, I'll be like, oh no, like, like they really like puzzles, but they're not good at putting puzzles together. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, look at, you know, they're doing like a a little, like a 50 piece uh, puzzle of like, like Frozen or Elsa or something. I was like, okay, like find all the pieces that have her hair in it. And then you can kind of put that together or. Or usually with puzzles, you start the outline. Okay, yeah. find all the pieces. Guide them and let them right. Let them Some that guidance, out. and I'll, and they're like, oh, they they're always eager to do something. And then like your kids will trap you into making you do it. And they're like, oh, look what I did. It's like, no, no, you little motherfucker. Daddy built that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when my son does puzzles because that's exactly what he does. He's like, yeah. oh, and like he, he'll get like ninety percent of it, and then he'll get to those like random pieces in the mm-hmm. middle, and then he's like, yeah, that's right, and just like smashes it in there. I'm like, dude. That's that's not together. My no. daughter, on the other hand, she's the exact opposite. She's like analytical, looks at it, mm-hmm. like works through it. My son is a hammer. <laughs> He's just like, yes, yeah, it fits. Smash. Oh, oh, I'm like, nope. Oh, oh. I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I tell my wife all the time. And I was like, He's. I hope he's. I hope he's great at sports, because he's not. I, he could surprise me. You're gonna but be I, smarter. You're gonna be strong. I don't. I, I don't think he's gonna get an athlete. Anywhere incredible. But I could probably see him running through a brick wall. But, you know, it's good either way. Hell yeah. I think, well, I mean, so you talk about letting your kids struggle. I think that's part of the problem today is people don't, for the lack of, I think maybe something like a, they misplace their emotions and they don't know how to handle them. And they've never actually had to struggle in their life. So when they are faced with a struggle, they literally have no clue how to process any of it. Well, it's the age of instant gratification too, right? I mean, we grew up yeah. in an age where technology was developing when we were, for the lack of a better term, what elementary school. I remember like yeah, I the mean, Big Mac with like I mean, a floppy disk yeah. the size of the I remember plate. Not yeah. having, I remember not having a computer at all. Yeah, and so yeah. I remember dial-up internet. You're like, Mom, get off the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like I'm on MSN Messenger. I'm talking to a girl. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> And these kids now, it's, hey, I just pick up my iPhone, now your Snapchat, or, everything. you know, you can, within yeah. three seconds, yeah. you can talk to anybody, and now it's this age of, oh, you don't have to struggle, because it's, everything's easy, we're in that lucky age group, where like, oh, we had struggle, we realized like, oh, this is easy to do, but we grew up struggling still, Yeah. like, now. internet wasn't great until I got, I hit college. Well, and then, so, talking about that struggle, what's the first struggle that most of these people have ever dealt with, and even then... I'm not even going to, 
but when Corona got kicked off, like, even though I personally think there's a little bit of fabrication and kind of, it got overblown. That's a rabbit hole. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, you know, scandemic and all that. It's but, just allergies. <laughs> yeah, it's basically. Um, but that fucked people up. It's like, oh, I can't. And it's usually, you know, these kids that weren't going outside, but now they can't go outside at all. Or they can't go to school, or they can't go to wherever. They can't oh, go they to Starbucks it. or whatever. Well, to a point. To, and, but after a while, they're like, oh, shit, like I still can't go anywhere. And then you started seeing, you know, more runaways, more domestic violence, uh, you know, more just like mental breakdowns that led to a lot of suicides. Um, I think it realizes the fragility of what America is. Like, people need to realize, like, interaction is important. Being there for each other, having struggle, being with people, and interacting is so important. Just my wife's a teacher, and she talks about, you know, the kids in the class and the computers playing around. They're not paying attention. But then you look at, like, the awkwardness of kids sometimes, and you're like, that's at that age group of elementary to middle, like, it is so important. To have, to have those awkward years, to be weird, to find your group, to find your weird, and to figure out who you are. And if you can't do that, man, it's it can put you down a rabbit hole or it'll put you on the back burner of life until you can figure it out. And some people never do. I think we've given kids too much of an opportunity to get away from all that. Like, they're allowed to, like, come straight home and hide in their bedrooms all night. <laughs> they don't. So when they do get in these awkward situations, they're just like, well, I'm just going to go home and sit in my closet. And then I'm going to go look up stuff on the internet. I probably should. Too many uh, wards for participation. Yeah. All right. So before we, I think the next kind of level to this or the next layer is just the kind of, and I've been saying this for a long time, and some people might get offended by this or some of the words we say, but if you get offended by words, this is not the podcast for you. Um, so the, the pussification of America, I've been saying that for, I don't even know. For a long time. Because I've been saying it for it's a, a while. It's a thing that's been happening for quite so a long pussification, time. So pussification, if you're kind of weird with that word, the or the wussification of America, and that just doesn't have to do with men, that just has to do with society. Um, and we'll kind of whittle this down to more of just the masculinity side of it, but I think a lot of this just has to do with like culture and society as a whole, and then we'll kind of get down to just more the, mascu- the exclusively masculine side of it. Um, so what are some things y'all have seen in the work in the work capacity um that you think and we've already mentioned a bunch of them that would that you think has led to that kind of when it started and when you started because i've probably been saying it for probably like 10 years now yeah i mean i've definitely seen so kind of one of the things that comes to mind is something i but it's definitely gotten worse because from like the context of like what i saw in college and then what i see you know down in columbia around uh, around Carolina and around Clemson and Calder Charleston and stuff across, you know, places across the state that I've been, I've, I've been to those places in college and I've been to those places periodically after, yeah. uh, after graduating, I've definitely seen it get worse. 
And I've got a couple examples of that if you want to. I mean, there's just, for for example, kind of some, you know, some of the people that I work with are just soft. And, that's, and those are dudes in the military. They are soft. And it blows my mind some of the stuff that I hear them say or some of the things that gets, that, that makes them butthurt. I was really called aggressive the other day because I raised my voice to somebody. Yeah, I've, I've had a... Like, wanted to do something stupid. I'm like, I have a military no. story like that, and, too. you know, just saying no in a stern voice was apparently being aggressive. And then, I mean, there's some other examples that I, I would like to talk about, but I can't. Hmm. But, yeah, people people nowadays are just... They, they, blow, they, they blow my mind. Words hurt, mm-hmm. which, you know... I grew up in a time where and that, you, and you that, got bullied. Well, and that contradicts and that contradicts like one of the most classic sayings of childhood of all time. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah. Never. They're just never. words. Just words. That but, is all they are. But now like people blow up because a different person gets elected to office. Or they read something on Twitter that somebody typed on their phone from the shitter. Who fucking cares? That whole atmosphere of things really grinds my gears. That's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. But that that shit literally blows my mind. Somebody has just typed some words with their fingers and people go batshit. Mm-hmm. Like, they would jump out of a second story fucking window yeah. they were so upset. Well, and then we'll see that in law enforcement too where it's like, Oh, so and so said this with no opportunity, you know, present opportunity to commit whatever crime they claimed they were going to do. It's like it's like I want to report for that. It's like for what? They didn't do it. They said it. It's like oh well, they texted it to me. Okay, where where does that person live? And it'll be like states away. It's like, ma'am, they don't have the ability to do that. Just block them. You mean like ignore them and be an adult? No shit. That's probably that's a good that's that's a very I get that call probably once a day. I deal with that at least once a day. Thank God we fired What the fuck? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Luckily, I mean, for the most part I don't have to deal with the public, so that's fantastic. But for, but for you a lot of your examples are from work. I almost feel like that would be more discouraging. Because from the I mean, public, you have, you have a certain <laughs> expectation. You're just like, okay, I don't know, you know, I don't know this person, Madam's house cat. But for you, these are people you're supposed to be working with well, pretty, you, that are military men of all branches, and women. non-commissioned officers. Well, I don't think you work with any women right now. No, so that's why I said that, John. Be inclusive, women. Well, there's not. He doesn't work with women currently. Uh, if I did, my words would be different, John. So, well, I guess, I mean, for example, you look at the Army's newest recruiting commercial. Which I still have refused to watch, by the way. The only videos I've seen of it Isn't are it like people a cartoon? making fun of it. Right, right. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen the actual video. I've just seen the people yeah. making fun of the video. That's how I get a lot. That's enough for me. That's how I get a lot of my I mean, it's motivational, but it's 
I'll be honest. I've seen 15 seconds of the clip. Not motivated. Not motivated. Look, I'm trying to be positive right now, but. It's, Either, a, it's a cartoon, right? It is a cartoon. For well, those yeah, that haven't cartoon, seen it, it ends in like, for those that haven't seen it, kind of describe it. So it starts off like I grew up in California. So there's right off the fucking rip, it needs to be thrown in the trash. But two, it talks about because most of the military doesn't even come from California. It comes from the south. It talks state. about basically blue collar, blue collar families for the most part in the south. Well, yeah. Either way, <laughs> not going to that one. Uh, so basically starts off, hey, I've come from California, and I have two moms. You're like, oh, no shit, California. <laughs> um, I have two moms, and here was my struggle in life with my two moms. And I went to a great college, and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I don't need more of a challenge, and I joined the Army, and here I am, blah, 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 blah. It was pretty dumb. But... So this individual's struggles were just having two moms? That's it? Uh, well, I think she probably got a sunburn from marching in like a pride parade. Oh. Well, I, I think the, the premise of the commercial... <laughs> so for, the, for the 15 seconds, I think the, the premise of the commercial is that the army comes from all walks of life. Yeah, it is. I mean, that is the premise. Um, you can be from California with a blended family. You can be from the south of a blue-collar family. You can be from the Midwest of a farmer family. Together, your mission is one. And I think is the is the thought they're going for. If not, call me. Let's market some stuff. I, I see the I, I see the intent. Yeah, and I see there. I see the intent and like the upward trajectory of this. But it sounds like it nosedived quick. It, it's just the pre. If if you've ever <laughs> been in the military in any aspect, whether you're guard, reserves, and you've served in a combat arms or a more blue collar aggressive side of the job i think you look at that and you go what is this horse shit <laughs> but if you worked in admin or finance you probably think this is your time to shine this really speaks to you um it takes all you know we've got like admin and finance is just as important to the military to buy the bullets and make sure they get paid and make sure we get our equipment as the guys that are kicking indoors building trucks and blowing shit up they're all important but uh that's not what we're generally looking for in admin and finance. We're looking for the guys to blow shit up and kick your doors in. Look, I want you to do, I want you to join me because you want to be a part of something bigger, greater. Hell, I don't even care if you're just doing it for four years to pay for college. I really don't. But that itself is great for you if you're gonna go to college. Yeah, get your college it's, for free. It's amazing. And get a great view of what life is, being on your own, and getting some some life experience because. There's so many people that come out of college at 21 years old, and they're still 18. Like I They're 21, but their brain level, yeah. they're 18. They don't the thing, know life. Is I don't care what your fucking background is. As long as you show up and do your job. We're all there for one goal, and that's to serve our country. I don't care if you got two moms, two dads, whatever pronouns you want to fucking use, whether you have he, she, them, they. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care who they let in. I don't give a fuck about... Fucking don't ask, don't tell bullshit. Just serve. And I don't need to see commercials where you're playing into this bullshit ass PC stupid shit that we're in now. I think we talked about that kind of recently though. We were like, we miss all the all the moto commercials. 
they had one, the Army did. I mean, most of the Marine ones are, are pretty decent, yeah. except for that one. The best one they ever had is, like, on in the Utah the desert, slaying the dragon yes. on the yeah, rock yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the best commercial they ever made, like, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. The Sabres, you're like, that's really cool. Yeah. But the rest of them are, yeah. But the Army had a really good one not too long ago, and it had some guys that were former um, SF operators and stuff like that. It was really good tactics. Like, it was some ground guys clearing some buildings and what looked to be an overseas village, like, it was a legit commercial. You I think I remember that you, one, and it said like we're looking for warriors. Yeah, and you, like, you're like, yeah, that shit's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That shit's good. It, looked, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. movie quality. You're like, yeah, that was money in this. That but was. But then they make this little guys, cartoon. And they make this bullshit. They make this cartoon Jesus from Christ. Nickelodeon. One step forward, four steps back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're supposed like, maybe they're uh, like, all right. Last year we did an aggressive one. This year we're gonna go a little. We'll go a little left with it. I mean, maybe, like maybe they're gonna it hop, takes maybe all they're, kinds. I can maybe they're going to hop back and forth. You got to throw that fishing hook to get every fish, right? So you, you keep right. on casting out there. It's just important to have people that are, you know, typing up admin paperwork and wrapping boo-boos as there are guys that are doing the stupid shit. Yeah, they're making the boo-boos. So, um, you know, it, it takes a little bit. I think the biggest thing ever is anybody I've ever met that spent any time in the military, generally speaking, overall is a better person than your average citizen. And I don't mean that like the average is not a good person, right? But your aspect of that melting pot of having everybody from everywhere—I mean, you can't go to a military unit and not see probably six different types of people, right? And you have no choice but to yeah. work with them, to live with them, to be around them. Like that's right. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, my my senior drill instructor was black guy from Trinidad Tobago, and he in. He was a fucking outstanding. He was, he's still in too. Um, actually, Hammond worked for him before he got out. And I mean, it was like he fucking smoked everything, and he was infantry, um, which is kind of rare if y'all don't know. Um, but yeah, Trinidad Tobago still had like the island accent, but had he had all the medals. He was a fucking stud. He had a hot ass girlfriend. That's the thing. That's the mix. And, I mean, I and he was training, and our platoon was the only one that was exclusively from the South. We were all Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, and we were his like third or fourth honor platoon in a row. Man, puts in work. But it doesn't matter that he was fucking black. It matters that he was a fucking outstanding fucking marine. The great, and the did great his job. thing, like the way, it, I mean, it still is for the majority of it. But like, you could go, you know normal guard guy, you go to drill, and you get away from all the bullshit. Yeah. Everybody that you saw with, no matter what, you know, where they were from, who they were, any of that, you could smoke and joke with all of them. And you cracked on each other, no matter what it was. And it was a way, you you got away from the outside world bullshit. And we were all better people for it. You know, some of the greatest people that I know to this day are guys that, I've been in the military with, and I'm still great friends with them, but we're from all walks of life, no matter what. And we can still fucking joke with each other just like we did back then, and we all laugh at the same bullshit that we're talking about right now. But you're seeing, what I'm seeing now is a whole group of people that just, you know, it's the general public, we're all a volunteer force, so all these guys are coming in. And they're all suffering from whatever fucking bullshit they're suffering from now that makes them fucking wussies. So what do we think it is? I don't know. I think it's the 
the outward perspective of trying to accept everybody. It's this cancel culture. It's this wokeness. It's all this combined built to this like just aspect that you have to cater to everybody and you can't have an opinion and you can't like if I feel a certain way that's how I feel and it's my right to feel that way the constitution that you want to beat down is the same one that gives you the right to burn a flag like I pledged my life to honor and protect that flag but if you also want to burn it like I don't care like if you want to kneel during the anthem I don't care that is your option that is your right to process. That is your right to freedom of speech. That's what I raise my hand to protect. Yeah, but then don't get mad when I don't go to your games anymore. I don't buy your jerseys. Like Exactly. We all have I have opinion. the freedom to go the other way with it. Exactly. And you have to respect that. And I think most of the time people, if they were to sit down and really talk to these people, you would see both sides of the story. Like, I can see where you're pissed off about this. I can see where you know you're pissed. I'm pissed off about this. If you talk, most things can be worked out. Most people really, in all aspects of life, want the same thing. They want to be left alone. They want to do what they want to do. And they want to provide for their family, provide for themselves, and live a good life. And there's this culture of, oh, well, so-and-so said mean, or they didn't use the proper pronouns, cancel them, they're mean. Or they said a joke 10 years ago that was racist. Well, 10 years ago, the world was a different place. And if you look at them now, they probably wouldn't say that joke because they know people would be a little more offended by it. It's growth. It's what we do every day. We grow. We change. I, the person I was in high school, God, I hope I'm not the same person I was. I was a shithead. You know, you got to grow. There's this wokeness. There's this culture to cancel and be like so. Well, you got to learn. You got to learn. You have to learn and grow because, like, if everybody's held responsible for their decisions or opinions from ten years ago. Like that, that counteracts the the um, kind of like the left stereotype of, of, of progress. It's like it's like okay, well, I learned and I changed my mind, or well, I got pro older. Progress is only good if it benefits them, right? Well, yeah. how do you want somebody to grow? But then when they do grow, they you grow, go back in they, time and you find grow, something, and then you shit wrong, on them. They grow the wrong. They don't grow the way they want you to grow. But still, like maybe they have grown. Maybe they saw what they did back then is wrong. But oh, they just didn't go through their eight thousand Twitter tweets or whatever the hell they are and go back and delete it so you went back there and you shunned them for some shit they said eight years ago even though they grown. yeah or they didn't check with lebron first or some yeah. bullshit yeah and that's the thing you like everyone's entitled to an opinion and they can have an aspect of it but you also are entitled to be like yeah your opinion i think is shit like this whole you know the lebron the, 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 that cop you know look out we're coming from that cop did what he was supposed to do if someone's coming at my daughter with a knife I don't give a fuck how old she is. I don't give a fuck what their color. I don't yeah. care. It's, that it's lethal. Down. That that was lethal force met with lethal lethal force to preserve life. Yeah. Is it sad that a person lost their life? Always. You never want to take a life if you don't have to. But if I come on scene and it's somebody it's with a with a knife right. like up like and it's coming down yeah, towards I mean, another human watch being. Watch that video. It's like what maybe three seconds of that cop getting out of his car. She pushes one girl down. The male on scene kicks a female in the head, turns around to your left, and she's got a knife and she's going for a stab to the to the abdomen area. I mean, it's maybe five seconds long, and this cop just pulled up on this and he sees a knife. What do you like? What do you do? You, you have to stop the threat. I know a taser is not going to work because they don't work all the time. You're not going to mace them. You're not going to go hands on. You're going to stop the threat. But you know what, LeBron? You you get paid a lot of money to be really fucking good at basketball. Congratulations. You do not have a 
opinion on law enforcement in that situation. Now, if it's Joe Blow on a traffic stop and he's being a cocksucker, I can understand that. But that's not that's not just your everyday run-of-the-mill call either. But I'm also not going to go in there and be like, hey, man, you should have blocked this guy differently. Like, yeah. I don't play fucking basketball. I don't know basketball. Yeah. It's not my opinion. I can say, hey, gets I paid sucked. millions of dollars to fake ankle injuries. You think he's ever had his life in a situation uh, I mean, like he that? Is he's a, a shut he, up. He is a flopper for Dude, sure. He like needs when I used to, to shut when up. I used to, I mean, I don't watch the NBA like I used to, but like you, you probably, watched it I, ever? Yeah, yeah, probably about the first half of his career oh, I did. <laughs> I was never good enough at bas- basketball to get into it. Last time I yeah, played basketball that's why I was high school. Yeah. I jumped up <laughs> a rebound. Dude, I'm a short white guy, so I fell <laughs> down and tore my MCL and blew out my knee almost. I was like, okay, well, basketball's not. We're not doing this. I can't jump. <laughs> doing good to pat my head and rub my stomach. All right, so anywhere to get to get down to some more specific uh, like subgroups of this decline, I kind of put uh, the Me Too movement and toxic masculinity together. Um, because that, that they they were always together in whatever story, whatever famous person was forced to suck some other person's dick to get a job, you know, because they were a man, and that was kind of the big the big stereotype then was you know a usually a white guy who had the power to give somebody and, and usually a very attractive female. A job and kind of dictated himself on her, and we've seen that. And it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just Hollywood. I mean, we've heard, you know, that kind of. Uh, we've seen that story in first response and in the military, where it's like, oh well, she, you know, she laid on her back to work her way up. Yeah, I mean it's out there. Because I mean I'm we, because I mean I know all of us here probably had some type of PowerPoint on that every single year, you know, about sexual harassment. What it boils down to is there are pieces of shit on both sides. There's huge yeah. pieces of shit. On both well, but sides then from that side. they tried to, they're like, oh, we gotta like just attack masculinity as a whole, where. There's a natural side of masculinity that has to exist in fucking nature. That is a... You could spend probably all day talking about it. There is... I wouldn't say... I, I hate the whole term of toxic masculinity because there's there's a need for masculine men, but there's also a need for good men and not these pieces of shit that are running around. Well, the one thing that annoyed me was the side of the side of things or the way a, a man would behave and they're categorizing it as toxic. Um, sometimes that behavior is necessary. Like certain aggressive behaviors is necessary to especially in the military and law enforcement where you have to take a strong stance on something because you're defending 
I mean, name it. You're defending your community. You're defending yourself. You're defending another officer next to you. You're defending your family, the law. Um, you know, it takes a kind of special, intelligent, strong person to do what we do. And I, I mean, that's, you know, kind of my viewpoint on it. Because um, anybody that we have seen that's a pushover, they usually don't make it. Yeah, well, it, it also seems like people are being they're being punished for having these good masculine traits. Whether it's raising your kid too tough or too rough, or making them work, or you know. I, without having like a solid list of talking points that I could probably talk about all day on it. Um, you know, kind of fall off a blank, but there's, there's just so much stuff that goes, that goes into it that is either misconstrued or just don't have to look at it. I wonder if it really is toxic masculinity or the inability to call out pieces of shit. Like, I think it's just Good. toxic behavior. Yeah, I don't think like it, if it's cause, toxic cause, no matter what yeah. side of the line you're on. Because to us, needs to call you out and be like, "Hey, man, like that's you can't fucking do that." Like, now granted, there's locker room talk like we we talk about in the job sure. with guys, and I'm sure girls do it too, where they say shit that they say in their group of friends that they wouldn't say in public. But then there's those guys that go and do that shit in public, and someone should just be like, "Hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? Like, fix yourself." That's you're a fucking idiot. What you're doing is wrong. And it's that someone needs to step up and say, it's not toxic masculinity. It's being held accountable for what you do. I think it's just being a toxic human. It's just yeah. toxic behavior. It doesn't yeah. have to do with you just being a man. Because all of these traits and all of these things that we've talked about, like, it's men and women. Yeah, it is. And that was kind of one of the things I was trying to allude to was... It's it's the behavior. It's not it's not you know being a man. It's the shitty behavior that people are getting away with, and they're misconstruing it to say that oh all these men are just these assholes. Well, I think a another big part of of being a man or know being an example of of masculinity is calling out the bullshit exactly and i've mentioned this on a couple episodes and we mentioned it amongst ourselves and other group chats we have or other work circles that we're in and um i mean we, we we talk about it a good bit on my shift and like i said i'm i'm very lucky that i'm on a very good shift at a very good department and I mean, we have we have these conversations. There's not a conversation I haven't had on this co- on this podcast that I have not had at work. Now, I might have gone off the rails in other ways, but <laughs> but um, no, I mean these these talking points that that we are trying to get out to more of uh, the general public, whoever finds our social media, like th- these are conversations that are had in our professional circles. Well, they're they're very. I mean, they're important to have. Um, you know, you can, I forget what book it is now that you and Kyle turned me on to, where he breaks, you basically break masculinity down into its primitive state. 
I believe that was uh, the, the rational male. I'll I can't look, remember I'll what it. I'll look it up real yeah. quick. Um, but just going in so much depth of like just how primitive a male is and where we get our behaviors from, and to see where basically the good characteristics that we bring to a table that are necessary in this in this world in nature are viewed as just completely wrong nowadays by a lot of people yeah so so that book that he's talking about it's called the rational male um by rollo tomasi um i know i listened to it on audible because that's been kind of my that's been kind of my jam for a while is listening to books it's just been easier like in a work capacity yeah um that's a great book and there's i believe he has some others um, but let me pull up the details on that for y'all that have not seen it or read it. Have you, John, have you read that? It's a, it's a, I know it's definitely long. It's, audible it's, I it's, too. It's, it's, dense. D- it's dense. Um, some of it, it covers, it covers a lot of topics and some of it, like depending on your background, like if you're, um, I don't know, what would you say? Like, if you're really Christian, some of it won't pertain to you. If you're already married, some of the yeah. topics won't pertain to you. But he, he really tries to break it down to kind of a, a a net. Like, his plane is just, like, how it's supposed to be naturally. And then you can deviate yeah, I mean, one way or the is, other with kind I of I mean, deep into the weeds of talking. I think it's that same book. It could have been another one. There was a couple well, of them. Because there was two know, of them. There was a couple of them I know yeah. we listened to and read. That uh, where kinda, even begins to talk about, I mean, basically comparing us to animals in certain, yeah, certain which a lot of people don't. They don't do that. They don't like to talk about it. They're just, or they don't view. There's some people that straight up do not view humans as animals. Yeah, but at, but which at is the end of like the day, this. But at the end of the day, yeah, fuck, I mean that's what we are. We're fucking people living in this world, walking, right. walking the earth. We just happen to have, we, we just, just happen to have complex brains compared yeah, to everybody the, else. The animals that figured out how to walk upright for extended periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. And just communicate. Which if better. we look at every other species of animals, they kind of remotely do the same thing. Yeah. They're just not walking around naked. Yeah. They're not, they're right. not talking, crying over bullshit. Right. So, uh, the details on that book. So it's called the rational male, uh, Rolo Tomasi. There's a little kind of summary that I'm reading from uh from my audible so the rational male is a rational and pragmatic approach to uh intergender dynamics and the social and psychological um underpinnings of inter intergender relations sorry my phone's fucking up um the book is compiled of a 10-year core writing of author blogger rollo tomasi from therationalmail.com Rolo is one of the leading voices in the globally growing male-focused online consortium um, known as the, quote, manosphere, which some people have been getting away from uh, because of its being categorized as being too toxic. Um, Outlined are the concepts of positive masculinity, the feminine imperative, plate theory, which has to do with basically dating multiple people. Um, operative social conventions, um, 
in the core psychological theory behind uh, game awareness and red pill ideology, um, like I said, it gets pretty dense. There was a couple times when I had to like pause and like look up words and look up synonyms for those words. And um, so the on Audible, that listen is listed at 14 hours and 20 minutes. It probably took me double that. Um, yeah, I tried and to that just, and that just depends on the road on, from to Missouri and back. And I think I, I don't even know if I finished it then. I think I had to try to go back and finish yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely dense. It's not a, it's not a casual read. It's not a casual read. That's for sure. I think, um, some stuff we read or listened to with that was, um, I think it was a Jack Donovan. Some of Jack Donovan's books. So the way a man, uh, becoming a barbarian and a more complete beast, and that kind of breaks down on a really visceral, primitive. Yeah, he gives. He level. gives. He gives it's kind of like I kind of. Yeah, he does, and I kind of view that um, some of those books, and I think it's good for e even females to kind of re read in and under at least understand some of that. Um, is it's kind of like understanding the basics. Like being, being good at the basics, right? So that could be to whatever y'all's base level stuff is, and in firefighting and base level knowledge and tactics, uh, you know, within the Marine Corps, within the Army, within law enforcement. Like be a master of the basics, and you're good like most of the time. Um, if you want to get a little Gucci with stuff here and there, or, or, or keep on expanding your knowledge and your skills. Um, so that's kind of what I compare it to, just because that's how my little my little boy brain works. Um, so that, that, that's how I would kind of explain those books and, and understanding, at least attempting to understand kind of the natural side of masculinity and not like the pop culture side of things, which I, that, that's how I really, how, uh, how I viewed people that took advantage of the Me Too movement. Now there, there was a lot of legitimacy to it. Like, don't, like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of legitimacy to it. And there's a lot of creeps that got, you know, pulled out of the weeds. And, and it, it was a very toxic environment, like just in Hollywood, because that's what it took to bring that to the forefront was fucking famous people, not, you know, people in regular blue collar jobs or females or males dealing with it. You know, the average Joe dealing with it, not fucking Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, what you got on that, John? Um, I mean, I look at it in this aspect. <clears throat> at work, a lot of people like this sit there and be like, oh man, Neil's an asshole. He, he's, 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 he's a little rough. I don't think I'm an asshole. What I like to think of is, I'm honest. Like, if you ask me a question, you're going to get an honest answer. You're going to get an honest opinion. It may not be what you want to hear. It may not be politically correct. It may not be the nicest thing to hear. But it's gonna be honest. And I'm not gonna apologize for it because you asked. Well, and in a lot a of lion does not apologize for being a lion. Right. But you have to recognize where you are as a lion in that in that food chain. And you have to respect that. Like, I'm who I am. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm gonna give you my honest answer. I'm gonna own up to my mistakes. But you have to be able to do all those things. You have to be honest with yourself, be honest with others. And own up those mistakes. You have to be credible to who you are, who you want to be. Have I made mistakes along the way? Yes, definitely. I am far from perfect, but I have no problem saying that. I have no problem failing. I have no problem learning from failure, and I'm 
I'm glad I'm not the person I was 10 years ago. Because that person 10 years ago was not who I wanted to be. So I think it's the ability to be introspective as who you are. And to, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm a father of both a boy and now two girls. Um, I want my son to be great. I don't want him to be held up. I don't want him to deal with toxic masculinity. I don't want him to deny who he is as a man. But at the same time, I don't want my daughters to lower their voice. I don't want them to put their head down. So it's a balancing act of telling him to be proud of who he is, but at the same time telling my daughter, like, be proud of who you are. You are a woman. Stand up for who you are. So it's that dichotomy of yin and yang. Like, there's a balance between the two. We just need to recognize that you need to acknowledge it, accept it, and grow with it. Well, and to go back to, um, like, I'm pretty sure all three of us have gotten that uh, the same criticism of being an asshole. But in in a lot of those, uh, I'm not saying all of them because, like, we're not perfect. But in, a, in the work capacity, we all live in jobs or we all – all of our jobs require a level of aggression that like, depending on what's going on, it's life or death. Fuck your feelings. There's an objective to get done. There's a mission to get done. There's another life to save. And if I, oh, well, I don't like the way you said that to me, Bobby. Well, motherfucker, we're dealing with a fucking meth lab. Or if I'm on a domestic call and somebody's got a fucking gun and, you know, say somebody comes on scene and I kind of give them, you know, an order like, hey, I need you to get X, Y, and Z. Or I need you to go to this side of the house. Or, hey, do you have an extra pair of cuffs? Or, hey, do you have an extra tourniquet? Because I already got one on one person and now I need one on another. I, I can't remember who – I saw it the other day and I really wish I could remember who said it. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. But they said that when it's time – be a monster i need you to fucking be a monster and that's what you need to do i don't have time for you to get fucking upset that i had a little bit of fucking aggression in my voice when i asked you to do something because it's now nut cutting time and i need you to do it like just because you know maybe we're equals and you don't want to take an order from me that day and i said it in an aggressive manner for you to just be a bitch i need you to fucking do it because it's both of us right now we got to get shit done. And that is a big thing that I've, I've ran into, especially here, you know, in the military. Because it runs, I don't see it when I have, when it's like two kind of dudes that are like alpha. I run into it when you got like a, a dude who's kind of a, kind of a fucking beta for lack of a better term. They get fucking upset and they just want to argue with it because they just feel like you're attacking them. No, dude, I just, we're here to do a job. We're here to do this job together. We both respect each other, and we just, we're here to work and work this out. So don't be a bitch, and I need your fucking A-game. And that goes for a lot of things in life, whether it was, you know, back in my short stint as a firefighter or doing what I do now or anything else I've ever done in life. We're, most of us are all on one team trying to get one thing done. Stop being a bitch and let your emotions take over because you didn't get a hug from your dad one day. Yeah, it's when it comes down to it, when it's time to go to work, you just have to sort of push aside. Like, there's going to be things said that you may not like, you may not agree with, but the mission is one thing to accomplish.
conversation afterwards. You can pull that person aside and be like, hey, I didn't appreciate that. And that's, that's where the growth happens. Well, I mean, that's why we do, that's why you have hot wash and after actions. and Yeah, that's what it's for. Hey, we can do it on the back end, but there's so many people that uh, in our work capacity get fucking shut down after like one incident or or you know you give somebody one order and they just go into their little butt hurt corner yeah that doesn't and that doesn't get anything done in the first responder world like the same thing we can we can iron that out on the back end i've got a battalion chief who says this and and i agree with it He, he says all the time he's like i would much rather have people that i have to woe up than people have to giddy up I would much rather have you be balls to the wall, aggressive all the time, or just yes. be that alpha attitude right. where I have to say, like, hey, slow down. Right. He's like, I'd, I'd rather have that every day because that is something. Right. I'd much rather be like, hey, calm down and be like, hey. Well, because you know you're. Well, because you know you're going to. Let's go. Because like, you know you're going to get the. Useful. You know you're going to get the job done. Then. Yeah. You know it's going to save lives on your on your end and you know whatever house you're running into. Where if you got a. You know, how many, and we all have this story of you even, and not even in a real world um, application, but in a, uh, in a, in a teaching environment and somebody freezes up during scenario training or you start doing some prac app and, you know, the dude from the little department stops in the fucking final funnel at the door. And you got to kick his ass in the door because you got to get to whatever, you know, whatever training you're doing. I mean, I had that happen to me. Uh, I think we were doing some type of active shooter, like um, bomb training at the academy. And and this guy was supposed to be, this person got like directly hired as a narcotics officer because of where they were from uh, in this certain county. And. You know, they let him grow his hair out, his beard out, and all this. But anytime there was a stressful scenario, and this is just training. This is at the academy. There's no real bullets. There's no real bombs. There's no real knives. There's He froze in the door. And, and he was in the middle of the stack, too. I think he was number... No, he wasn't in the middle. I think he was number two, and I was number three. So I got one guy in a room in a scenario. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's in the room. But I know I got one guy in there. And I got this fat fuck clogging up the door, and I got five other people behind me. And I fucking shoved him in the door. Shoved him in the door, and he, I mean, I don't know what he did after that, because I fucking went forward, and we did whatever we had to do in that training scenario. That's just training. That's practice. Yeah, but see, some guys will learn from that, while others, they just stay that and same I mean, way. And I'll never know if he did, because, I mean, I, I don't. They I, stay I, that I, same I didn't, way, I though. didn't keep up with him, but. And there was, and they, that was the one thing they do. Well, I mean, I think anywhere where you're, where you're training, the, uh, you know, that training cadre is going to stick your really high speed guys with your really slack guys. Because you can't put, you put all the shitbirds together, that's just, it's going to stay shitty. If you put all the high speed guys together, it's going to be too easy. Because how many times have you been on a call and you're like, Hell yeah, I got the A team. It's definitely a good feeling when you know some guys are at that level. You look back, you're like, okay, like this things are gonna go smooth. And then there's times when you look at one truck pulls up and you're like, 
it's not going to get better for a couple more minutes. You're going to have to put in some more work. And that's that's one thing I love about training. I'm, I'm fortunate where I'm at. I get to help out with some training here and there. And we do scenario-based stuff. And sometimes, like, we, make, we purposely make shit hard. And they fail. And I tell the recruits, I'm like, the harder we make it here and the, the more difficult it is here, when you get to the floor, it won't be difficult. If I beat the shit out of you here, running this scenario with all kinds of this crazy shit that you're not going to normally do on a call. Like, you're not normally going to get off the truck, throw ladders, pull line, go interior, do a search, do fire. Like, you're not going to do eight, nine tasks back to back to back to back. But if I do it to you in training and beat you into the ground, when you get on scene, you're like, mm, okay, whatever. It's bullshit. Like, this isn't hard. Like, you, you know what to expect. There is no, there's no longer that uphill climb. At this point, it's the standard. And that's that's important. It's important for everybody to be at that standard. And like you said, you got to look at the guys that are slacking behind, and you got to put them with the good guys because they're going to sink or swim. Well, and I think that's good. We are men, so we kind of we are, you know, we're a little biased, and we're like, oh, well, that's a good, that you know, that's a good uh, masculine trait or whatever. But a lot of this, to me. It's not even like just masculinity. It's just being a good human or a good leader. Or, you know, we're talking about, you know, when you have certain people show up on scene, part of being a good, and this comes down to being a good leader and a good person, not a good man or a good woo man. Um, Like, say if somebody shitty does show up, if you're a good fucking leader, you're going to know how to deal with that person. Or you're, you're going to know, you're going to, yeah, you're going to know what you want them to do. You know, maybe they're not going to be on point or, you know, whatever the lead objective is for, you know, for a large structure fire. Um, I know there's all kind of different jobs where it's like, okay, I'm not going to have this person getting on a ladder on top of the house. Maybe I want to have them, I don't know, down in the back, you know, getting gear for guys or rotating guys out or, or even if you got like a new, you know, just green boot dude like straight out of the academy he's not gonna like like when he sees the fucking elephant he's gonna fucking piss his pants and like stop and it's your fucking job as a man or a good leader you don't have to be a man to do that that's just in my head because of how i was raised with my mom like she had to interchange those roles whereas if you're just a good fucking human and a good leader you're gonna grab that motherfucker and you're gonna tell him what to do Exactly. At a certain point, like we see it in the fire service, we get probies, and one of the big things in the fire service, at least in my department, is what's we, what's probies? Tell people probies. You new guy. He's a fresh out of academy. He's he's a probationary firefighter. Gotcha. He's, he's earning his keep. Um, you know, a lot of us that when we get a probie or we run a house fire, he's getting the nozzle. Like he's going to go in the door. Like we're putting him in front of the fire. And if it breathes, it's fine. We're like, hey, spray here. And but you also got to know who you can, like, the, the baptism by fire approach. I mean, all three of us respect it because we're fucking, we're down to party like that. But there's some people, you do that, and they're fucking, they're like, I'm done, I'm done, bro. And, you know, and that, but that's at the same point, like you said, when it comes to being good leadership, that's when you realize that, you're like, okay, we need to go over the basics. Yeah, you don't want to torch that potential. We need to go over some things that get you comfortable. And that's where it comes back to mastering the basics. If you're good at the basic part of your job, the core fundamentals of whatever your job is, whether your job is finance to firefighting to being a soldier, if you're good at the basics, you can do the job. All the job is is 
perform the basics at another level. So if you're good at the basics, you're just going to step up at certain points. Yeah, I have, I kind of had to teach myself <clears throat> some of that. Like, if there was a chance that, like, it came down to being able to pick who I had to work with, you know, I wanted the A-team. That's who I wanted because I knew shit was going to get done. It was going to get done right. Well, I think in your career you get to a certain point where yeah, that's what you expect or that's, like, that's, well, just, you, that's just where you're set up. But, I mean, even in elite teams, I mean, I mean, they talk about it all the time. There's, I mean, there's... I mean, there's shit people, there's shit Navy yeah, SEALs, but there's, this is, this there's, is shit, the thing, there's like, shit SWAT operators. I, to, <laughs> I mean, Yeah, what I had to teach myself, though, was like, these guys aren't ever going to get better or get experience if I don't let them work. Right. They may fuck it up, and I may have to go in there and baby them, but that's the only way they're going to get, that's the only way they're going to get experience doing the job. So was, I had to kind of back up from it a little bit and realize that. And we have, you know, I, I know some guys that no matter what you do, you put them in the, hey, man, this is what you're doing today. Well, I've never done it. I know. That's why you're doing it. Like, this is a, this is how you need to figure out how you need to do it. And they refuse. And they continue to refuse to do it. And guess what? They still can't do it. Yeah, well, I think um... – Definitely in our professions, it's best to be at least exposed to everything. And then I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan. I try to do this, um, you know, in, you know, running the business, you know, quote unquote, running the business with CTG. Like there's certain things that like, that you're like, you take better pictures than me. Um, there's certain things that Kyle's better at than I'm good at. It's like, hey, you kind of, you know, do a, you know, decentralized command and, you know, hey, you do these things, you do these things. And I want the best, I want the best person for the job. But I think you still have to be exposed to everything so you know and understand what you're good and bad at once you kind of move up. I think it, yeah, and I think it, I, where I think a lot of it came from, though, is me growing up, where that's how I was taught things. That's how my dad taught me how to do stuff. It's like, hey, this is what you got to go do. Go do it. And I figured it out. And then as I continued to grow up, that's how other people taught me. I think it's a whole general, you know, generation thing, maybe. I don't know what it is. You know, even when I got first got into the military, that's how it was. Hey, this is what you're going to go do. You don't know how to do it? We'll figure it out. And then... You know, then they'll be like, oh, well, if you don't go ask somebody, and you ask somebody, they're like, dude, go figure it out. And that's just kind of how it was. You figured it out. And that's kind of the way that I grew up through it. And that's how I like to tell people to do sometimes. But I realize that that just doesn't work for people. It doesn't work for everybody. Everybody learns differently. And sometimes that's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Like, oh, shit, I got to go and actually baby this dude. And really just beat it into his head constantly and work with him. But it's part of the job, and you got to do what you got to do. So, good God. Apollo's in here being the podcast always being a little noisy. Yeah, you. I'll post a picture of him later for y'all. Um, so to kind of put a bow on that, how have you, how have y'all, 
kind of addressed or try to push back or combat um, kind of those three things we just kind of talked about, the, just the overall pussification or wussification of America, dealing with toxic or non-toxic masculinity, which is basically just toxic just behavior. It doesn't have to be just a man thing. There's, there's toxic women, too, on all kind of levels. And then um, that tying into the to the Me Too that got kind of blown out. How do y'all combat that in the workplace and, and you know, keeping it professional? I mean, for me, I, I think if, when it comes down to the toxicity of it, you got to call it out. If you see it, and I, I think that's in any aspect of any career, if you know someone's in the wrong or you know something's wrong, you got to call it out. If you're in the wrong and someone tells you, you've got to be open to listening to them hearing what you did is wrong or accepting like, hey, maybe, maybe I fucked up. Maybe I didn't do it the right way. Learn from it, grow from it, and move on. But don't get there and shut down like, no, I'm right. My way is this way. Like, you got to learn from it. And um, you have to be accepting of, of, of change and criticism. That's how you become a better person, better, better leader, and better in all aspects of your life. And as far as wussification goes um, of America, I'm just – I, I'm, a, I'm a tough love kind of guy. I mean, we get guys out on the floor that are new, that are younger, guys that have, you know, they come to us in their, their mid-20s and their, their extent of the job is bagging groceries. Um, I'm tough love. You're either going to grow and accept it and you're going to learn, you're going to toughen up, or you're going to drown. And we're going to find out. But I'm going to find out who you are. And I'm going to learn to work with you that way. It is what it is. That's probably one of the best things about my job is we get guys that come in that are young, see them come in with like little to no life experience and then change in two or three years and be like, oh, he's he's a good dude. Like he's he's a man's man. Like he's he's become who he's gonna become. He's got his opinions, he's got his thoughts, he's got his personality. And it's completely different than what he was two, three years ago because now he's coming to this job and learned some things and learned some life lessons. And then as far as the Me Too movement, I mean, I'm a father of girls. Yeah, and I and you I have twin girls. Like, you you hurt my girls, dude. I've got three sisters. Like, I'm gonna crush you. Like, there's yeah. I, my wife knows. Like, yeah, anything ever happens to my kids, like you go ahead. And yeah, just it. like don't be a dirtbag. Just be respectful. Yeah, be respectful. Like, be a good person. You know, you're gonna make mistakes along the way. Own up to it, and you know, just think about it. like, take two fucking seconds to think: Is this what I should be doing? And if you can answer it in two seconds, yes or no, then you're probably going to be, if you have to contemplate it or break it down, you're probably fucking up somewhere. Right. Like, it's not a real hard thing to do. Like, if you're like, hey, you want this job? You have to suck my dick? Hey, dumbass, that's not the right fucking aspect of the job. Yeah. Like, use your brain. Be smart. Yeah. And don't abuse who you are as a person or what they are as a person. Like, you're all people. Treat people the way that they should be. And then those people that did... Those people that did suck dick, if they were either guilted into it or they're fucking down with it. I mean, we've met people like that, too. They're just like, yeah, no problem. That's what I got to do. Those people really stick out at some point. Like, when it comes to the to work, and, like, you see it. You're like, oh, you're not actually, you didn't get this on merit. You got this on your back. Or you yeah. got this on your knees. It'll expose itself eventually. And hopefully... It doesn't get fumped, somebody fucking killed. And that goes with both sides. It's not just the woman. It's also the guys. There's guys oh, for that, sure. that are 
for lack of a term, they're blowing the leadership. Like yeah, or brown nosing, or yeah, exactly. And then it, it shows out when the, the, the final product comes to play. You're like, oh, you, you just you're not fucking good at this job. Yeah, yeah, and it shows. yeah. When it hits the fan, it shows. Dead focus thing. The Browns are a team. <laughs> yeah, and they are usually the biggest pieces of shit ever. Yeah, well, because they know they can't make it on merit and performance. So how how have you been kind of dealing with it? The brown nosing? Uh, no, just or the everything. Are, is, no, everything yeah, in general. Com- combating these uh, three. I mean, man. Luckily enough for me that you know, I was I was raised good, um, and a lot of the people I know kind of share share those characteristics in life, and I'm able to see that the world is a fucked up place. And most of my friends have have daughters. Actually, I don't even know if I have friends that have sons. Pretty much everybody has daughters. Well, I mean, you have a son, but I'm like other daughters too. But um, I don't even Travis have a daughter. That's true. Um, and it like I've kind of like grown to, especially like you know, my buddy Jeremy, like his daughters. I see him all the time and hang out with them all the time. So you, you kind of become like a another father another father figure. I'll fuck somebody up. I will punch a dude square in the face. Yeah. Just because I know how pieces of shit dudes are. But also see the other side of it where there's people that make up some shit or they do the stuff and accuse other people of things. Think it was lies or they were okay with it and then it comes back to haunt them. And they start telling people what they did. Complain on somebody else. Yeah, I think with us, um, kind of when it deals with uh, all of us having daughters, if any of y'all have seen uh, Den of Thieves, that one scene where they go over to Fifty Cent's house, and the and the uh, somebody's taking his daughter to prom. It was like pulls in the garage. he pulls them in the garage with all the boys, and they're all jacked as shit. You can tell they were just doing like a jailhouse workout in there. They all got wife beaters on. They're all like two hundred pounds of just man meat, and they're like, "Hey, fuck around and find out." To this, you know, young boy that's taking you know fifty cents daughter on <laughs> to, to prom that night. Like that's us. Well, I don't have any daughters, but I do have a lot of twelve gauge. Yeah, you've got I nice... really need to clean my shotguns. So yeah, yeah, at yeah, any yeah. point in time, just let me know. Yeah, you got a nice big garage too, where we can some acreage. educate educate some people. Yeah, we can also bury kids in the back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think I deal with those three things we talked about with just everybody being a wuss, people trying to chalk up all this as toxic masculinity and just finding this excuse and then kind of the over, um, gosh, there's so many things that are wrong with it. Just the over, over politicized, over, just, just blown out of proportion. The, the, the me too stuff is anything that comes up in those kind of three topics. I kind of take it on a, on a case by case basis, just how, you know, we deal with calls, like you're going to have to handle different calls uh, differently than, you know, that's how we, um, and any other law enforcement officer I've already had on here, that's how we deal with, it's like, okay, how do you deal with, you know, they try to put us all in one little group, like how do you deal with racism in, in law enforcement? I'm like, 
that it doesn't it doesn't really exist. I'm sure some people there there I'm sure there are racist officers or there's also racist doctors, there's racist soldiers, all this kind of shit. But just along those lines, I kind of deal with it just on a on a case by case basis, and depending on that person, I just fucking adapt to it and I deal with it. Because I mean, I'm not I'm not dumb. Like I, I don't deal with things only in one way. Yeah. Like you can't be a good first responder, no matter the specific discipline. You can't be a first responder and have a one track mind. Like it's gonna be hard. If you have a one-track mind, you can't adapt to different things and dealing with different people, and you're not going to be good at your job. No, you're not going to be. You're not going to be good. Nobody's going to want to work with you. Um, that might even mess with like your longevity in that job. Luckily for me, I don't have any. I don't work with any criminals, <laughs> so I don't really have to hear too much about. Yeah, it's definitely a different. The, different I don't have to hear a lot of the stuff. Um, that other people have to listen to. Um, I do constantly have to combat the pussification and constantly be, you know, usually told that I'm too hard or I'm an asshole. But it is what it is, and if, it, if that's the case, man, like, somebody's got to do it. I'm not going to apologize for being that person. I'm not going to baby you because that's not what you need. That's why you're most likely why you or in the same boat that you're in is because you're a baby. Um, I'm just, that's who I am. And you don't have to deal with it or you're just going to think I'm an asshole. Yeah. Well, for some reason, just culture doesn't think that, or I've seen it enough where there's a lot of people that think that just masculinity is not necessary. Which, but it's, it's like, of nature like it's the the yin and the yang it's you know positive and negative and electricity it's white and black it's the other side of things you know you gotta have a dad to kind of be a little bit more aggressive and drop the hammer and then you gotta have a mom to kind of have more of an open ear and take care of you a little bit more feed you whatever however you however you want to look at it yeah that's how I kind of look at it. It's 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 nature. It's you know, quote unquote, or what what do they like to say a lot now with the karma stuff? Trust the science. Well, guess what? Biology is a science, and y'all ain't fucking following it on a lot of levels. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just knowing how to just adapt and work around it. A lot of situations just hope you don't become a casualty of it. Yeah, well, that's what I try to like. I struggle with the most is like when I need to probably turn it off, and I don't. Um, just you know, just kind of being maybe over, you know too overly. But again, that's one of those like, things where John just talked about, like that. That just comes down to having to. It's better to have to pull somebody back than to. Had you word it? better to have to love someone up there as you get you. Yeah. I'd much rather have to grab you by the collar and be like, slow down. Yeah. Than have to smack you on the ass and yeah. tell you to pick it up the pace. Yeah. All right. Well, the next part I got kind of chalked up here. Um, so I was saying a lot of people have, have hit us up about this topic. 
um, or they want us to talk about it. So I've gotten, um, obviously, our perspectives from it. I've also spoken to other um, other female officers or other other just females, and that's who I was getting this request from the most was other female listeners, other people we work with, family, just other females we know. That's who I've been getting from. I wasn't getting this from from dudes. I wasn't getting this from guys. This was this was a exclusively female request, honestly. Because I mean, well, and then within our circle, like we're like generally all on the same page anyway, and we don't have people really outside of our circle really hitting us up too much. Um, I mean, I know there's people listening out there that aren't first responders, but maybe they don't know exactly what or how to ask it. But the females are definitely not scared to ask me anything. Um. So I'm just going to kind of go down a list, um, and this this came from a couple people. Um, some of it I knew was stuff um, they had seen in work, outside of work. I mean, I had people that were you know, female officers, uh, female listeners, um, female, you know, you know, their law enforcement wives, their law enforcement moms. Um, and I already, sh- already showed this list to, to Bobby and John. And I mean, y'all have all heard kind of these points and gripes from other kind of females in your life. So this is kind of the opposite perspective um, of kind of stuff that these females have seen um, and what they think about it. Um, I think probably the only bias, if we want to call it that, is all of these females are either in first response with a first responder, you know, married to one, (laughs) gave birth to one. Um, so they're already, um, kind of females that are on like our page like they get it um so just to i'm just gonna go down the list now and we'll fucking you know some of them are just gonna be spot on or be like yeah cool next and some of them will probably kind of dive into um so the first one i got was males having to or a male complainant caller to 911 um, having to have a first responder, uh, more specifically a, a deputy in, in my position, um, to deal with their non-criminal problems. So it, this is like a civil, it's usually something that's going to be resolved in civil court or family court, but they're going to call 911 to bitch about their non-criminal problem and then... You don't know what, I mean, when you call 911, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get a black guy or a white guy or an Asian guy or a woman or fuck, you know, you don't, you don't fucking know. It might be the damn chief that comes out. Mm. You don't know. You don't know who you're getting. It's not like they ask. What is your preferred race and gender? Right. Well, that's a dude. That's a whole, that's a whole nother topic that's, whew, 
Like it's like, oh, you just want you you just want a black officer or you just want a white officer? Okay, like cool. Like put it yeah, put it into the request line. Uh, you know, you called nine one one because you declared it a emergent situation. You're gonna get whoever's closest to you. And if it's that much of an emergency, you shouldn't fucking care. Exactly. Anyway, off soapbox. I only want to be a trans. <laughs> yeah. If they're not trans. Yeah, if it's not a tranny, I don't want them. That way I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> it's all my So what do y'all think of that one? You got y'all got any input on that one? Where it's and it's a lot, and I see it a lot too. It's it's guys just being some of this stuff we break down pretty pretty primitive. Some of it we'll get a little more logical about it, but I mean, just these men being bitches calling nine one one for non criminal situations. I don't deal with crooks, so I don't have to worry about that. Well, I mean, what kind of scenes have you been to? Where it's like. Well, I mean, it's, Jim, if you've Jim ever had, if you've ever, service, you've like, ever gone somewhere, it's like, and I, I say this a lot. I'm like, man, sir, what do you want the sheriff's office to do for you today? Because I'm not, because I'm not seeing it. Can you explain this to me, or what do you want us to do? I mean, generally for the and then I go from there if we can fucking do it or not. Yeah, I mean, for fire service, generally, like the rule of thumb that we joke about the fire service, like, is if, it, if you're not shot and it's not a crime, you're getting a fire department. Like, oh my. So, my cat second tree, fire department. My water broke line broke in my yard and won't flood in my house, fire department. Like we're not plumbers, but we'll go there. And generally for us, it's like little, it's like silly shit like that. Like a guy will call like, "Hey man, my water's flooded in my house. Like what do we do?" Like turn the water off. Like we don't have to go and like show them how to turn it off. Yeah, they want us to solve their or they problems. They don't understand how to do like basic maintenance to the house. But I think that's more of like most people don't don't have to do that shit anymore. Like we don't. We don't deal with the But at least know who to else. call. Yeah. And generally, I mean, we'll cut it off. I'm like, hey, you need to call a plumber. Or, like, you need to call. Like, we'll, we'll tell them where to go. Ghost I'm not going to carry your hand, but i got to call Ghostbusters. Yeah. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, we don't deal with criminals. People love us. So we don't yeah, I know, I know, I know. Anything else on that one? No, I'm good. I don't have to deal with any of that anymore. No, you don't. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I see it a good bit, and um, that's definitely one thing I've had to work on more within, I think within the last year, where I'll, on more calls, I am explaining the family court or civil court or probate uh, court proceedings and stuff more than I'm dealing with criminal law. So I'm getting into stuff that like I'm not. You're not trying to do that. Not a cop. Um, so I, I'm dealing with more non-criminal calls than criminal calls. So you have to go to a lot of male Karens. Yes. And Chads and Brads. And Chads and Brads. Um, I'd say there's not good Chads and Brads out there, but there's not that we know of directly. <clears throat> so yeah. Next one. We got um, and I already hit and I already hit on this, um, spoiling your fucking kids. There's a time and a place to spoil your kids. Yes. Just be smart about it. Yes. Don't give them everything. Make them earn it. But you know, if you're going on vacation, you want to give them a little something. That's the time to spoil them. But like, 
oh, congratulations, you got good grades, here is a box of shit. Like, no, that is their job in school to get good grades. Right. There's a time and a place. That's yeah. That's my thought process. Because I know, like, man, I would see what some of my friends got, like, growing up, like, elementary school, middle, really, really middle school, um, going into high school, like, what their, what their parents were giving them or what their allowance was and stuff. Bro, I literally think my allowance, no matter what I did, was like $10 a month. <laughs> you got an allowance? <laughs> like, bro, you, you got an allowance? <laughs> my mom was like, hey, you don't have to pay rent because uh, I love you, but uh, that phone and that car, right. uh, you owe me some money for insurance and uh, cell phone right. payment. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, if you don't want your kid. No, I mean, now the, allowance, now the allowance was only around for a couple years. You know, I, we, I started. now. I started. <laughs> I started working. I was like, it was like fourteen or fifteen. Sounds a little soft. That's all I'm saying. All right. So look, basically, I'm gonna put it to you like this: if you spoil your kids, he's gonna end up squatting a Chevy fifteen hundred and cutting the mufflers off, <laughs> and also wearing his. And hat. I'm gonna have to chase him off. Jacked up on his head. And I'm gonna have to chase him off from the Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Every Friday and Saturday night. Yep, that's what's gonna happen. Well, now it's even weirder now because of like the COVID schedules and when they have school and don't have school, and now like they're only gonna be out of school for like three or four weeks. Where it's like they're getting rowdy on a Tuesday. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they always honk the horns at us in the fire truck, so we give them a little toot toot, and then we just talk mad shit about them as we drive by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just mean mug us. <laughs> well, it's because you give them tickets. That's all they're about. Yeah, don't be a piece of shit. You don't get a ticket. Most people earn their tickets anyway, John. Do they? Here, there's a quota. <laughs> Not on our side. That's that's, the, that's that's the police department. It's not the sheriff's office. The sheriff's for the people. All right, next. Um, people that are scared to discipline their kids. We also get this. This kind of goes. All three of these, I've had calls. We we get calls for service for all three of these so far. Um, we don't. We I don't have to deal with that in my job. Thank God. I deal with that in my own house. Okay, so at your so at your own house, or if it like comes up at like PTA or PTO meetings or something like that, I don't go to those. Okay, Roger. But no, my yeah, I mean, I I completely believe my wife is definitely the level-headed one. There's definitely times like I need to cut that ass, and my wife's like, no, it's not that bad. And I take a breath, and she she talks me off. That that's that yin and yang. You gotta listen. You gotta know Mm -hmm. when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't have to deal with that in my job. in that sector, thank God, because it's hard enough raising my own kids, and I love my kids. Yeah, I don't love your kids. Yeah, I don't want to raise. I don't want to raise somebody else's kids. Like, I have twin girls. Like, it's like when I have my girls, like that's that's my job. Like right then and there. I mean, there's times where I like I've gone to see family or whatever, and I'm just like, man. Like, I'll leave, because usually I bring my dog, Apollo, with me, because he, like, I take him as many places as I can. Um, and there's sometimes where I'm just like, hey, like, especially if, like, Bobby's in town that weekend, I'm like, hey, Apollo, you're staying here, buddy. Because <laughs> twin girls, bro, it's only going to get worse for me. Yeah, if you have like, more than one kid in general, like, one kid's not bad. No, it's really two not. Two kids a process. But when you have mm-hmm. two that are the same age mm-hmm. that are super mobile mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, yeah. I mean, know. there's been a couple times where I've just had... All bets are off. Where I've just had one of them, and I was like, 
breeze. Like, next, like, super easy. But that's just how I was, I mean, my first child was two of them. <laughs> yeah. So I got, so I got broken in, I got broken in quick. Well, from not having um, kids and looking from the outside Dude, in, honestly, this, can... this is going to sound fucked up. And I said this, and I said this before I had kids, and I still say it now. Raising, like, if you legit raise a dog, like, if you raise a dog, or, we're, we're dog people, so let's just say dogs. If you raise a dog, like, I know you raised Kodiak, and I know that, like, because we kind of raised our dogs kind of together, sort of, I mean. We're kind of like the new army commercial. Yeah, yeah, we're like. Two dads. Yeah, two, two dads, dads. Two dads instead yeah. of two moms. Um, raising a dog and training a dog isn't that much different than a kid. I said it. I don't have anything to compare them to. So. <laughs> I said it. And I still stick to it. And they're four. And I still haven't changed my mind yet. I'm not getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that. So, If you're a good if you're a good dude or gal and, and you, like, you get a, get a dog from a puppy, you get all of its shots, it goes to the vet, you feed it, you take it on walks, it goes to your parents with you, it's not that different. But you can't drop them off in cages when you be out of town. I mean, you can. <laughs> we can get we can get into that one. It's Round happening. <laughs> it's happening right now. Yeah. Um. No, but you just taking to Meemaw's. <laughs> you just taking to Meemaw's house. Uh. Being being on the outside and looking in, I can definitely tell from the people I know. Like, who well, I mean, there's like, been plenty of times where I know well, you've been somewhere and you're like, bro, you did. It's like that little motherfucker didn't get his ass beat. Oh, there's plenty of times where if I could snatch a kid up and beat his ass, I would. <laughs> But that that I can see people that I know that have kids that I know they discipline their kids, and then when you're around their kids, their kids act right. Mm-hmm. They they listen. They're not fucking running around doing everything they're told not to do. Um, then you see people that you know don't discipline their kids, and what are they doing? They're running around all fucking mm-hmm. batshit crazy, mm-hmm. and you just want to murder them. Yep. Like get your kids. Yes. Like, you're like, I, oh no, I he's fine. Own. No, he's not fine because. I'm going to punch him. And it's going to be frowned upon because it's a child. Yeah. And I'm going to go to jail. Yeah. It's threats are dead. But I will punch a child. <laughs> All right. Next. Um, Just kidding. And we see this a uh, good bit in first responses. You got to talk the talk and walk the walk. There's some people who are like, oh, I'm going to. They're all talk. They're all mouth. No action. Oh. <laughs> I mean, a little less conversation. Do I know? A little more action, please. Yeah. Um, we definitely see that on calls, on the reg. Um, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, blah, blah, blah. And even, they're talking all that shit, like the first one we hit on when it comes to uh, you know dealing with stuff in the civil process and family court and all that. And you'll come out to like a call like the next month like a month later and they haven't done it yet. It's like, Hey, I, t- I told you what to do. And that is outside of the realm of my job. And I still, I still told you what to do and you didn't do it. And this problem is still present. Whose fault is that? Well, it was always your fault. And I'll tell him that too. I was like, I was like, you, this is your problem. I gave you a solution to your problem and it's still your problem. And you still didn't fix it. And it's still not my problem. 
but we'll still get calls about it. My, my job is replacing the batteries and smoke alarms and telling people that you can't have a bonfire five feet from your house. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, you, you can't burn the massive pile of wood and plastic next to your home, sir. It, 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 there's a possibility of burning your house down. Please move away. So, I'll, I'll try to... So, I have a family member who is doing quite some time in uh, in the big house right now. Yeah. And that's basically what it was. Is he at least close to home down there? Or is uh, he in a different one? He's, no, he's not close to home. Oh, okay. No, because he's in the big house right now. So. Oh, oh. Um, so, I'm probably going to get shunned from the other family for this. <laughs> but, um. You mean the big house like the Michigan Stadium, right? Yes. Like all the way to Michigan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. House. yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the race for Joe. It's the race for Joe. So basically, that's how he was. The whole time he grew up, fucking, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you can't tell me shit, blah, blah, blah. Now we're going to tell, now the state is going to tell you what to do. And long story short, did some stuff to get him in trouble with the law, kept continuing to talk shit. Next thing you know, his face is caved in, and he's in prison. Call that a lose-lose. Also, if you say you want to fight a cop, they're probably going to beat your ass. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what happened. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I see it all the time. I kind of kind of grew up kind of seeing it. That's a common thing. I mean, that, that doesn't even have to be <clears throat> in the realm of law enforcement or masculinity or, or in first response. Like, that's just... That's just a pet peeve of mine, period, and it has been for a long time. Like, what was the, uh, and I heard this, I think this was before you got into your little short time in bouncing. You remember the bouncer, or the guy we worked with, the, the big guy? Oh, I don't, don't want to give, I don't want to give any details, but yeah. big dude yeah. in the army, very decorated, and he was a bouncer yep. in the downtown Columbia area. And he would call it the frat walk, where you're talking shit and backpedaling. You're like yeah. backing away, but you're still talking shit. Ooh. And then you meet the guy that, that gets me worked really up. does walk that walk, and he murders you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that walk stops on his face with your fist. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, next one is... Grown ass men calling in to have their property checked. They're like, I think I heard something outside. I'm gonna call nine one one and have them walk around my house. So just at opinion as a man, not a firefighter or a, or a soldier. Uh, just I would never make that call, and I know neither one of you would either because. We would probably take, it would probably take longer for us to figure out what gun we're going to go, you know, clear the house and the yard with, uh, than actually clearing the house and the yard if we, like, heard of yeah, a, I'm, a bump in the night. I'm mainly just upset that I don't own odds so I can make it funner. Yeah. It's either, like, the, really the two things for somebody busting into your property or house at night is it's like, okay, am I going to have nods or are you going to have, like, the uh, the automated you know Alexa intruder alert and like 
all the lights turn red and uh, CCR starts playing. Well, you're smart. I think most people are like, I know my house. I know where I need to stand for just about any entrance into my home where Correct. Like, I've got every advantage. Correct. Especially where the way my house is set up. It's um, your land, like, your house. You come like, to my house, like you're you're done. Like, yeah. My like, house is actually welcome to the welcome to the jungle bitch. for me. <laughs> Correct. Every aspect for you to attack right. me. Conus kills. <laughs> just trying to get stateside. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, you, be a, be a master of your domain. Know your home. Right. Know your worth. Know and at some point if you know that those are places you lack, go get trained. Which is too which is too easy to do. Well, a lot of this it's too easy to the knowledge and training it just it's everywhere. It just still blows my mind. But still, would you prefer nods or the Alexa approach? They're both fun, but I don't know. That's a tough one. Nods. I think nods. just straight nods. I <laughs> I mean, is nothing better? I mean, everyone is. If I knew Alexa, you know, wasn't listening to me at all times, along with my iPhone already, like it would be cool. Like for the with the red lights and we've all seen enough movies. You want red lights? Yeah. I mean, if I had a basement and I could get to it rather quickly, I would totally opt for robot vacuuming claymores. Ooh. But Robo kill. Yeah. But, hey, you know. I don't know. Okay, one more. One more. Sponsor us. One more. (laughs) One more uh, on that one. So, if you did have to clear your property, what music would you want playing? There's so many good ones to choose from. Dude, really? Just CCR for me. Honestly, I have kids now. So I almost want it to be like Mickey Mouse Playhouse, so that you instantly think like, like something like something fucked up and cartoon. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Say cheers! We've got ears. Here's your clue, bitch. Or that reminds me. That reminds me of the the meme going around. It's got the like the little bike horn. Yes. Oh yeah. It's got the bike horn on the AR desk. Or like some oh, really do, 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 do. <laughs> like, really fucked up like ASMR shit. Like just somebody just I don't know, maybe just stirring a that or I want mac and cheese maybe, in the <laughs> maybe like Mongolian throat music where they're singing. Just I'm not even really, sure what the fuck that is, so just to really throw we'll them look, off their game. We'll look it up later. Really throw them off the game. Uh dude I, like I want you to question every life decision as soon as you enter that door and that first interaction starts. I want you to go like, oh, I fucked up. I'm sticking to Fortunate Son. I mean, it's a good solid choice. You can't go wrong. I'm sticking to Fortunate Son. Like, any any like cool guy video I see with that plan, no matter like how campy it is, for the first, right when that fucking song starts, the first five seconds, I'm like, ooh, this is gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, next. Um. All right, next one. We went on a little, went off the rails on that one. Um, I've been rambling this whole podcast. So it's okay. Yeah, I know. Well, it's put the alcohol on us. One word, gin. Um, terrible by the way. So you'll get that one. It's fine. Um, one, one, Mr. Licks, down there. Um, sorry, we still got Apollo in here, and he just. Wants to bathe his whole body while I'm recording. Um, 
one thing all these ladies hit on, all of them, all of them have masculine expectations um, because all of them, they had a father figure or they're attracted to like alpha type males. So I guess that's kind of, kind of another, another bias to it. I mean, this, these are females that get it. These aren't, these aren't the AOCs. This isn't, you know, the kind of leftist type female you see on the news. These are, these are women that support us. These are not women that are critical of us. Um, or swear up and down by, you know, me too, and believe every woman. Well, guess what? Women lie too. Um, so I think that was just kind of a, an interesting point for me was a lot of these ladies and people we work with in our careers, like they have expectations to where the, the, the society and people we're dealing with don't have those masculine expectations. Well, me and you've had this, I'm going to kind of bring this point up too, because it kind of alludes to the same thing. Me and you've had this conversation as well. And I have seen it from a lot of my, a lot of my friends where their wives or their girlfriends or whoever they are, are the complete opposite. Where what the complete opposite of them? Yes, like these are people who you would expect if you saw them out in public, they would be with some beta cuck somewhere, like just some some dude. Well, I've who seen just, it work. I've seen it work, and I've seen it not work. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's like I've seen it. But a you see lot, it a lot. Yes. A lot. Yes. And well, even it is, even even females that are attracted to us. This has been like just a con I mean, you've been married for a minute, but like in the single guy conversations, like that's that's been a very common thing where you're still you're still attracting females of kind of the opposite uh, complete opposite mindset. My political spectrum, it. if you wanna if you wanna water it down to that, it's a little yeah. denser than that, but it's definitely yeah. interesting. Yes. But I mean that. But I mean that. To me, that comes down to just the natural side of it. You don't want a soft. Uh, you know, I, I call them beta males. Um, it's kind of the one, the kind of term I use the most is being a beta. Being, soy boy. Yeah, soy boy. There's all kind of terms yes, yeah. for it. Um, but I thought I thought that was interesting. But that's that's kind of a bias thing, just with our uh, inner circle. Um, another aspect of that that was brought up was just letting a man be a man sometimes. Uh, you know, at least we talked about Buford a little bit the other day. That's all we really wanted. Yeah, do. there's um, and I and I have seen this and have pointed it out even. I mean, in college, when I definitely didn't know shit. Um, you know, we didn't know shit when we were at Car when we were at Carolina, and you would you would have, yeah, um, you would have these friends that you know they'd get a new girl or whatever, and they would stop hanging out with the boys. You still have to hang out with the boys. You know, I really want to name drop really bad right now. <laughs> 
you still have to hang out with the boys. I you're married if you're man time. Man time. Like when we were in you college. Have, you have to have it. This is another thing that it's like, it's every, it's every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday, yeah. Every Tuesday night we got all the boys together, beers, wings, and debauchery. We go have a good time, hang good out times. with the boys, drink a couple towers, make some ruckus, and then go home. Yeah. But you gotta have that. Yes. You have to have that brotherhood, that camaraderie. That is a that is a male centric thing, and that's hit on some of those books that we enter uh, or we spoke about earlier. You have to have that. You can't be with no. the wife twenty four seven. Like you can't do it. It's not healthy. No, it's not good for your fucking head. Um, and a lot of but a lot of females that you know are the either in first response or affiliated with it if it's by marriage boyfriend girlfriend whatever most of them get it um on the other side of that coin which i thought was interesting most of the, these kind of guys and we and we are those guys or i believe that um I don't know how I want to I want to say this part, but they so the opposite the the other side of the coin of being a man's man or letting a man be a man is and this is part of masculinity is knowing to how knowing how to make your significant other feel like a woman for us that's because we're heterosexual males making a woman feel like a woman where. I have run into situations, I don't know if I've talked about this yet, um, where I have, like, friends of friends, um, their boyfriend, fiance, doesn't make them feel like a woman, which is very interesting. It's like, okay, if they don't make you feel how you're supposed to feel or you think you're supposed to feel, why are you with this person? Because you're not with a masculine man if they don't make you feel, quote unquote, like a woman. Kind of a weird, kind of a weird topic, but here, here's an here's an example. No, I get what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> here's an example. Pretty sure I've already talked about this. I'll say it again because I think it was it was just like when I saw this happen, and I was a part of this conversation. It, kind of blew my mind which doesn't happen a lot anymore um so hanging out somewhere friends of friends uh this heterosexual couple so male female um were there i believe it was her birthday so he was you know taking her out like a gentleman and he just his outward appearance was soft to me, um, just how I, how I viewed it. He was tall, lanky, like nerdy looking. He did not look very capable. He was not a man's man by visual definition. And they come back, you know, she's a little sauced up or whatever and gets a little further into the night and everybody's, the conversation gets a little looser. And she asks, uh, me and my friend that I was visiting to do, I forgot exactly what it was. It was like some type of putting something together or fixing something, some, like a manly task, like something that would be on your honey-do list. She was like, yeah, 
Um, can you can y'all help me with this because I don't even remember the kid's yeah, name. Yeah, play reference for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, uh, let's just call this person Chad for convenience." But so, just Chad. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chad doesn't know how to do um, stuff like this. So, can you help me? And whatever it was, like we did it, and uh, and she even said cause she was already a little loosey goosey. She was like, "Yeah, he doesn't really know how to do any of this manly stuff." But that's okay. I love him. Loving ain't gonna fix your pipes, girl. <laughs> that's true. Loving ain't gonna mow your lawn. Love, uh, like loving or the idea of love isn't gonna actually satisfy you as a woman, or quote unquote, make you feel like a woman. And this came from this came from multiple people. Um, that that's like an important part of being a man is knowing how to take care of a woman. Which I guess if you're I guess if you're gay, it's taking care of your man. But or you're the woman. I don't know. It depends you're on how not, they. You're it not depends. The it depends what the pronouns are. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. I try. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was like, okay, well, if he's not capable, why the fuck are you in love with this person if they're not a capable person? Oh well, he's nice. Man, I bet they're still not together. I don't know, man. I think they got engaged. They were talking about. It. They were talk, but the conversation was, "Hey, do you want to get engaged?" It wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't it was, even asked. It was more of like a mutual decision, and not the man owning and recognizing the situation. And that's more of a traditional thing, because I mean, because I mean, what if like. Did your wife get down on her knee no. and ask you, wouldn't that be fucking weird? For me, yes. It, I would probably laugh. I'd probably be really thrown off by it. But I mean, but like, like, but like back away, girl. but then like back away from it though. Technically, what's wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But we just view it weird from a traditional perspective. Yeah, it's not traditional, but there's nothing wrong with that. You right. You just have to be comfortable with it. I don't know. Right. I don't know, man. That would, yeah, that would throw me off. Me. If yeah. my wife did that to me, I'd, I'd be honest. But the only I'd reason it's weird is just tradition. There's not like, it's not like, oh man, that's fucked up. Or you're a bitch for that. Like, okay. We would literally call each other a bitch. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like within our friend circle, like I would make fun of you for it, but. You happy? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's all I mean, yeah. yeah. Does she do. What you want her to do, and you do what she wants you to do. Roger, that's it. Going, going a minute. What you're talking about there, like I, I personally wouldn't even feel like a fucking man if I couldn't at least try to do some of the shit that I know that I know that people can't do. Like you know, fucking change oil. Oh, I can't even change my wife's oil. I got to take it to the quick lube down the street. Like I can't fix the sink. Can't work on the hot water heater i can't cut the grass like that would make me feel less of a man yeah it'd make you feel it would make you feel inferior if i don't fucking know how to do something guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna look at them on youtube we're gonna be figure into it out. the shit i'm gonna figure YouTube. it out because oh, i'm not gonna man. let somebody see that i can't do dude, it if you look at our youtube dude between the three of us we've probably looked at all of youtube oh yeah 
I've seen the little Indian dude building mud huts. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> the fish fucking pond. walruses doing some weird shit. <laughs> I've seen everything, dude. Man. All right, the one last little bullet point I got from the uh, the from the female perspective, and this is this is obviously a uh, a lady that's a first responder, but they were saying how it's 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 funny when they're on scene. And they feel manlier than the man on scene. And this kind of goes back. A lot of these kind of are the same thing. Just we're in a different, or a different context of the job of, uh, you know, in first response. Um, because most, most calls we get aren't like, they're not big events. Like how many, I don't know, just throw out some numbers like an average, like out of like a week or a month, like, Hey, in a week we might get 20 calls. One of them might be a structure fire. Like, what's kind of? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, that's pretty much where it's at. Like, majority of the calls are not life threatening. They're not end of the day. It's yeah, it's not a big up or, right. Hey, I was in a fender. Like we got a call yesterday. It was the guy got rear-ended, and it was barely any damage to the quarter panel. That's all it is. It's not a big deal, but it's when you run those ones like that, people freak out. And like, calm down, take a deep breath. Okay. Right. Cars drivable. Right. I think one um, when it comes to just this is kind of getting away from from the bullet point here, but <clears throat> when we show up on scene, um, and then I mean Bobby runs even less serious calls than us. I mean you you don't even get like a call a month. Dude, it's all over the place. It kind of I can base. I know sometimes I mean, you're like, dude, hey, I'm here this week, this week, and just it kind of depends. But I mean, yeah, because they're on the more serious, yeah, ish kind of side of things. But I guess if you, you ever notice, it. like when you get on scene, it's like, hey, we are the first responder, we are the solution, and you're still fucking freaking out. Like I've had to pull people off scene. I've had to tell people to get off my scene. All kind of stuff. It's like, hey, you called us. We're here. Let us let us do our thing. Some people just handle adversity or that that instant moment better than others. Yeah. And the ones that don't are generally just you got to like talk them off the ledge, basically. You're like, hey, calm down, take a deep breath. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Just relax. Like you gotta you gotta take that extra step. Whereas the ones right. that walk up and they're just like, all right, you're here. Cool. Take all of this away from. Right. Those are great because then you're just like, hey, I need you to do this, and they just say okay, and they do yeah. exactly what you ask them to do. And when your 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 experience, your maturity, or manning up, or whatever we want to call it, when you get on a call is like knowing how to like deal with those people too, where it's like, if I have somebody, it's just like knowing everybody knowing their role, staying in their lane. It's like okay, I don't know, like in law enforcement. For if you have something with kids, or uh, you know maybe a like a sensitive um, like sexual crime with a female, you get a fucking female officer there as quick as possible because they're not going to want to talk to me. I'm an aggressive bearded white man. You are not going to want to talk to me after you've been raped. You're just not. Um, so I think it's good to know 
you, you know, your pieces, your little toolbox, how to deal with some of these people you might get out on a call. Or it's like, hey, bro, you're acting like a bitch. And sometimes that's what you got to say to somebody, especially if you know who it is or if you're familiar with this caller or this complainant or whatever. And, you know, say you knew them, I don't know, from somewhere, from the gym, or you know that they're a vet, and you just got to kind of, just kind of, not necessarily smack them, but fucking grab them and just look at them in the fucking face and be like, Stop being safe. <laughs> and you're just like, hey, like, we're here. Get it together. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, I had one like that where uh, I think somebody was like breaking into his car. I was still at the smaller PD before I got to the sheriff's office that I'm at now. And um, guy was breaking into his car and he like caught him and uh, he made it sound extremely frantic on the radio, which is common. Um, and, and we get there and the the guy has this kid at gunpoint, like he's on top of him in the middle of the street, like with the gun in his fucking face. So y'all better get him, y'all better get him. And uh, he had like, quote unquote, broken into his unlocked car, which is another pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I can split some hairs with that, but. The inability to secure your Yeah, homes. in the eyes of the law, it's still breaking into a motor vehicle in South Carolina. Um, anyway, so there was this guy that had a gun, um, that had called us, or maybe his wife had called us, and I had to, I got him, I took his, his, his gun hand, I was like, I was like, let go, or I think I might have asked him, I was like, and I knew his name, I forgot now, but I was like, hey, Steve, let go of the gun, can I see the gun? Yeah, 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 like, and he was just jacked up, so I got him away from the scene, sat him on the porch, got his gun, cleared his gun, got him away from the gun. I kind of held, I held on to it for a little bit. Um, he ended up giving it to his wife and she put it upstairs in the safe or whatever. And I don't know. I think that just comes down to de-escalation or knowing how to handle who's on scene. Some people just can't handle they, they, can, they can. And it's not, I mean. Can. And it definitely gets fucking dicey when like I'm the first one there. And it was like a 15 person brawl. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta, you yeah. just gotta pick one. <laughs> Like, you'll see guys, man. Or you just pick the big one. You'll see guys that you think are, you know, they're just, they're really manly dudes and they get in certain situations. And, and they're just brain they, fucking. I mean, ah, everybody's like different. Stops. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's different. Everybody handles certain situations different. I mean, there's stuff that doesn't bother me that bothers other people. Oh, yeah. That stuff that may bother me doesn't bother them. Yeah. And it's part of that whole, you know, it's all it about is what it is. That's all about knowing yourself, knowing your crew, knowing their capabilities. Now, if you can't handle yourself in any situation, then we might have a problem. Yeah, like right. you got to be a little adaptable, or just like, yeah. Or if you can just suck it up for five or ten minutes, and then you switch out with somebody. Yeah. I mean, I know y'all in fire, y'all like y'all rotate like motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what you're doing. There's certain things like I, I hate stuff with kids, which is interesting because you're a fucking dad. Yeah. When I say I hate some kids, I hate some kids when like kids are getting hurt. Like I ran a cardiac for a kid that was I think four weeks old. Yeah, no, that would be yeah. Like that's just That'd shit. Be rough. Like, I don't want to run yeah. that. We had a kid with us that ran, and he was twenty one, twenty two. That's you know it's the first like cardiac pediatric cardiac pediatric cardiac he's ever ran, and like it, it fucked him up for like three yeah. weeks. Yeah, I've been. Uh, you know, it's one of those. It's like you can't really pick up weight, right? You're just like. Uh, like, I hate yeah. it. I got back. I'm like, I haven't had to know, deal with. Chaplain to come talk to you. Everything. I was like, no, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, 
This is my yeah. process. Yeah. But he needed to talk to somebody because right. it's fun. I mean, there's times we joke about it, and you're just like, oh, that dude's a big bitch. But we know deep down, I mean, we all know that just everybody can handle it. I mean, you can person. say they're a bitch when it's, like, with the boys or whatever. Yeah. But then on the back end, it's you, like, you know. it's like, hey, like. Like, who do you really, like, hey, man, who do you really need to talk to? Because, yeah. I mean, we had, um, if y'all ever had, like, a like an on-duty death, and you had that, what's the, the state group that comes out? It's like a, you know what I'm talking about? Well, we have It's a, like an uh, independent group. Yeah, we have a peer support team that might have yeah, there's, a couple different guys. Well, there's we something have. like that on the state level, which I've already been a part of twice. Um, in my prior department, um, with with some line of duty deaths. I'm sure we do have some state ones, but I know we we've, we've got a really good group of guys. But I mean, they'll give you a lot of resources. In our, uh, in our yeah. department, it's comprised of guys that we've got at pretty much every level, and they've all stepped up and they're there for stuff like that. And they're good friends with many of that. That's yeah, what, and that's what we do for a lot of programs. Yeah. All right. Well put a bow on this um we've already been going for a while um john what's kind of your final view on the on the decline of man as we're going to call it oh man i mean you come in as a, a dad service member firefighter cancer survivor fucking the man I think really it just comes down to its ownership, ownership of who you are, ownership of your place in the world, and you need to acknowledge um, where you are in the world. You're n not everyone's going to be the best at everything. Not everyone's going to be a winner. Not everyone's going to be a, a millionaire. But the guy at the bottom of the pile that is Joe Blow on the street is just as important to this world as the guy at the top. Um, recognize your place in the world. Be a good person. Treat others well. See wrong, you gotta call it out. Even if it's you, um, I think it boils down to that. Build good people, create good people, build good men in this world. The world's a better place for it. Yeah, and on on my end, I think kind of my perspective is a lot of um, I view it more of just the decline of being a good person. Not necessarily, you know, toxic masculinity or, or, or a specific decline in manliness or being a man or people demonizing masculinity. Um, because females' traditional roles are, are also being challenged. Um, and like I said, I had a mom that had to fill both of those roles. And then I had multiple father figures, even though like I had, you know, I had my, I had my dad. I see him all the time. I saw him all the time before. I see him all the time now. He's He was always present in my life, no matter the distance. He's present in my, you know, my kids, you know, his, his grandbabies' lives. It's just a different just a different overall dynamic where I just think it just comes down to being a good a good person not necessarily being a good man or woman because most of it is all the same and then 
anything that we try to attack on the, on the man front is kind of just traditional views. Uh, not a lot of people have as many traditional views now or, you know, and by traditional, it's really saying Christian views, I mean, honestly. Um, so, but specifically to men, I look at it kind of on the the natural and like balance of it. Um, that's always kind of my perspective on a lot of things is just the balance. Because... A lot of these things that people or culture or politicians or fucking whoever is complaining about is necessary. I think when masculinity becomes toxic is maybe when it goes too far or we're not policing our own or I don't know. Um, or just some guys that just they overdo it or you know your woe instead of yeehaw approach. Um, it's knowing when to corral that behavior in, but I mean, women need to know when to be corralled in also, because they're just going to, they're just going to, from the traditional female perspective, you're just going to coddle somebody to death and you're just going to, everybody's going to be a doughboy. where if you go too far, you know, too far field, right, too far on the masculine side, like not, you know, not everybody needs to be super aggressive man but not everybody needs to be a super soft mom either you need both um bobby what's your kind of closing statement on the decline of man well it's uh it's going down and it's going down fast i'll agree i'll agree with that <laughs> and i don't know where it's going to take us, the only thing that I know to do, or the only thing that I can say, that like I hope other people do, is to recognize it, raise their raise their kids the right way, and hopefully one day that you know when I have kids I can take what I know, my you know my characteristics and values and all that stuff, and raise the next generation the way they should be, and not whatever this shit is that we're facing right now, and. If we, you know, if we look back and some of the, the greatest men in our lives are, they're just, they're going to be no longer here, whether it's family, friends, or whatever it is. You know, my grandparents, who I look after, you know, I love love them and they've taught me everything I needed to know. I've been grateful to have two <clears throat> outstanding men in my life. And when they're gone, it's, it's going to be upsetting because they can't even teach, you know, my grandchildren or anything like that anymore, you know, it's all going to be on me and, you know, my dad, hopefully, and that's one thing I'm going to do is, and hopefully people raise their damn kids right. And I'm not going to apologize for the way I am. Um, I'm, you know, I think that I was raised right, and I'm going to continue to be, you know, whether it's the asshole that some people think I am or the great guy that I am that also knows how to you know treat people you know the right way when I need to right because I think I think some people that try to to they try to demon demonize masculinity and 
kind of what all three of us right here kind of stand for and really anybody else that I've had on the podcast thus far. Um, but if you, if you look at everybody that we've had on here, I mean, they're all productive, successful, uh, members of society. You could take away whatever they're, you could take away sex. You could take anybody we've talked to, you could make us all women. And if it was the same thing, they would all be great people. Um, and there's a lot to it. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's I mean, it's definitely, there's it's a lot definitely, to it. it's definitely dense and just, it's like, okay, are, are we toxic for being in, I mean, granted thus far, it's all been white guys. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but uh, the, the way but I, I mean, try to, the way I try to look at it too is if you look at probably this country's greatest generation, were probably to me are some of the greatest men like ever. I don't think the country or the world was that fucked up. Besides, you know, there was other people that were shitbags, but like the U.S. as a whole, like back in the day, let's just say you know time of World War II, like there was some very upstanding. Outstanding, great, great men in the world of the Shambles. Right, I, but I think um, because of all the factors we've talked about, and even some that we haven't, if you put like our generation and everybody that's everybody that is their age that they are now, if you put them in the 30s and the 40s, I don't think that part of history would play out the same. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't at all. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it would pull out the same. No, it wouldn't. I mean, there's even there's even studies, and I'm I'm talking from the hip here. I don't have this in front of me or anything, but there's been studies that show that like uh, like a basic like a man's level of testosterone and even like the nutritional value in food and stuff is less than it was back then. Like yeah, I mean, we're not as whatever's caused it. We're not as fucking wholesome as we fucking think. Yeah, whether it's the probably the eight thousand McDonald's chicken nuggets I've eaten, <laughs> that's probably ruined me, stunted my growth. Um, I mean, I don't, and you know, I don't know what it is that's has caused a lot of it. Um, I mean, there's some things I could get into rabbit holes about, but yeah, we would not fare well. Yeah, back then. I don't know. Well. We've hit on kind of our perspectives of it and our little um, kind of the subgroups that we wanted to hit on. Um, and given some of our solutions, we had some female perspectives. I mean, sorry, we couldn't have a, a female officer on here, but there's not there's not a lot of them. I don't know if you all haven't noticed, <laughs> but there's not a lot of female officers or even female firefighters out there. Um, so anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed it. I might do a part two of this with somebody or some other people. Not sure yet. Um, I'm gonna let some people listen to it over the weekend, and we'll kind of we'll kind of go from there. But I hope y'all enjoyed it. Kind of had a different perspective on it. We gave you some good resources to check out on your own time. Make sure to like, share, review, and subscribe. Everything CTG.
on your favorite social media medium. Uh, make sure to, you know, give us some feedback. Um, hopefully the sound is better on this one. We've got the, all three of the good mics going and um, we we're talking into them the whole time. And um, if y'all have any ideas for other people y'all want on here, some different topics, do not be afraid to reach out to us on the IG because that is our number one platform. Hope you all enjoyed it.